On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are solving crimes through the medium of high-end catering in Mrs. Sidhu Investigates on drama. We're being threatened by an ornery Peter Mullen with Morven Christie in Payback on ITV. And we're rejoining the sixth form after a seven-month absence with Sophie Wilde in Everything Now on Netflix. And that's not all, because Morven Christie herself joins us on the show this week to talk Payback with Boyd. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that has crime on our minds this week. And not just because two of this week's shows are, rather appropriately, of the murder mystery persuasion, but because Kay is on holiday, and the queen of crime, Stephanie Seelan, has stepped in to fill her angry ferret-sized shoes. Steph, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) You're very welcome. It's a delight, Steph. Can I just say that you are a stellar audio presenter? <laughs> I feel like I'm being mocked. So, so no, no. See, ah, see, Steph. Impressed. Sorry, you didn't get the memo. Okay, the memo is you're not allowed to be nice to me on this podcast. See that this, this the rules oh. that we adhere to. Oh. The rules, as laid down by Boyd and Kay, is that they just have to be balanced to me at all times. So it just it really throws me when someone says something nice. Right. I don't really know what to do with oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, please be reassured that I have no intention of being kind to you in okay, any good. way whatsoever. Good. I was going to say, because otherwise, you know, Kay will return from holiday furious that you've ruined the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. But you're here and that's great. We're very, very excited. You are the queen of true crime. We have two crime shows here. I hope you solved the crimes before the relevant detectives did. That's what I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of betting on that. Of course I did. I I think you're playing really fast and loose with the idea that both of them are are crime shows. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Have I genre generalised really? there? Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah, I mean, one Which... of them is very much in the, in the kind of digestive biscuit kind of crime <laughs> genre. Do you know what I mean? Cozy I mean, crime. It's one Cozy of those crime. Ones, crime. Yeah, Cozy yeah. crime. It's one of those ones yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. like, you know what? Tell your nan about it. She'll yeah. be delighted. But are you saying it's payback? You're saying more than Christian payback? That's not crime. It's clearly no, I'm crime. Saying, oh, go on. I'm saying that digestive biscuit crime, I don't really count as like proper crime. Oh. So you're you're a bit of a crime elitist, is what we're Do saying. You know what? I'm a bit of a snob. Yeah, I would say that. Oh, so it's Mrs. Sidhu, you don't consider crime crimey enough for you, for your, even though it's clearly about someone investigating a crime. <laughs> it's, is it? Is it? <laughs> yes, um, it is. I mean, it is. I mean, I we'll get to this. I mean, I'm not hosting okay, this podcast. Yeah. It is called Mrs. Sidhu <laughs> yeah. Investigates. Investigates. It's yeah. not called, for example, um, Mrs. Sidhu Eats Biscuits. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, sh- it should it, be it called. It could be called Mrs. Sidhu Cooks Indian Food, It could be, be that. Fair. It could yeah. be that. But, I mean... It with, should be called if I was Mrs. Sidhu yeah. Happens Upon Things. Okay. Because that's really what it is. You are already disrupting. You are a disruptor, Sorry. as we all know. Yeah. In, in a good way. But you're already disrupting... The, but we, we've spent far too much time discussing this show, which you are reviewing later, James. Yes, that's true. That's true. See, what we've done Apologies. is we've, we've jumped ahead yeah. to Mrs. Sidhu. Yeah. We will investigate Mrs. Sidhu we a will. little bit later on in this podcast. Uh, for now, I suppose we should begin as is our want with what we've all been watching. So, Steph, let's start with you. What have you been watching uh, recently? Okay, so um, if you if you know nothing about the Times Square killer, I oh urge you... I Listen, okay? I urge you... To head to Netflix Bossy. and watch the three-part <laughs> crime scene special, which is called The Times Square Killer. Now, I know I can see look, I can see a face, James, but what I will say as well <laughs> is that it's a fascinating documentary about the early the late 70s and early 80s in 
Manhattan in Midtown Manhattan. So it's not just about the fact that this terrible, terrible man called Richard Cottingham was terrorizing sex workers and women all over New York and New Jersey. It's also about the scene, the hustlers, the pimps, what was actually going on in Midtown Manhattan at that time. It's got fantastic archive footage. It's 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 a romp into the the deviant lives of the people who lived in that transient time. And also you get to find out about this very sick individual, Richard Cottingham, who murdered probably about 85 people. Um, he spoke wow. late in, uh, yeah, I know, in 2009. 85 said, people? Yeah, yeah, he was only convicted, okay, originally he was convicted of five murders right he stayed he decided to stay silent. he was sentenced like 200 years he decided to stay silent for 30 years then in 2009 he was like you know what? i'm gonna have a little chat about this and then he then he said yeah i was killing women every other week he reckons why he killed we heard, 85 to 100 why have we heard about this guy exactly and that's why i bring it up because even i had not heard very much about this serial killer and he's still alive. It's, Bloody I mean, hell. obviously he's not alive out there murdering people. He's firmly behind oh, bars. Good. But what else is fascinating about this story is the, a, do, the do, a daughter of one of the women that he murdered is really at the crux of getting all the new victims' names out there. She kind of, I, I'm losing, using the term befriend very loosely. She got in contact with him while he was in prison and he's decided to tell her all about these previous murders. And there have been something like, 20 more names that he's given cold case crimes that he's admitted to it's fascinating it's mm. absolutely fascinating it's well worth a watch each episode is about 45 50 minutes um and like i say it's not just fascinating on the on the if you love true crime and you love love all the gore it's really fascinating to try and understand how the situation um and the climate in new york at that time really was like fertile hunting ground a breeding ground for you could be a serial killer and get away with it at that time because it was at the time where you know police forces didn't talk to each other there was no kind of centralized system of criminal by profiling and so you know it was the best time to be a serial killer and i say that you know in the way that mm. it's not really good to be a serial killer I've but never been more afraid be of you than no, i am right now no. steph but look so <laughs> I, I need to ask a question this is crucially something we've skated around this topic i think on this podcast before what is the appeal to you of true crime because for me like when I go outside yeah. I, you know, I'm constantly in fear of being set upon by feral youths so you know I'm not really looking to go home and turn on the TV and watch how awful people are like what is the appeal of it? Okay well aside from the just obvious the morbid it's morbid fascination isn't it? It's it, it's it's every I think the, the incredible thing about crime is that all of these crimes they, they're stories I, I i know this probably sounds strange but there's there's stories of people's life they've kind of got everything um every crime has you know some sort of scandal some kind of like horrifying aspect and it's just i think women historically have always loved storytelling so as i think i spoke about before traditionally this new true crime explosion women are the other women women are the people watching this women are the people listening to the podcast we are at the forefront of this true crime revolution yeah it's kind of sick but everyone's doing it that's not really an excuse, mm. is it? But yeah, you don't need an excuse. It's, it's, yeah, it's a good explanation. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm. What's the name of the the series again? 
it's called the Times Square Killer, and it's, it's a cri- crime scene which does a uh, um, lots of specials. That's it's like one a of theirs, and it's a, and it's a three parter. Right. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I think it came it came out in twenty one. Oh, okay. And yeah, and and I, I I'm fascinated because upon it because uh, we have watched quite a few uh, dramas recently. They've been set in seventies New York. I mean, um, mm. the Continental is one of them. Yeah. Right, right, and um, there was that one. What was that one? The HBO series about the kind of porn industry in the seventies. In that, the in, juice. In, the ju- thank you. The juice. The juice. Yes. So that. So, so this is like honestly, Boyd. That world. That's, it talks about that. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly I'm fascinated by that. that. Yeah. It, it, you will. I think you would really no, enjoy. I, I it, as I know, good... you are a huge lover of uh, New York as well. So yeah, sure, it's, yeah. it's really great. Yeah, fascinated. Yeah. Uh, uh, while we are on the subject, kind of briefly. Uh, before we go on to Top Boy, I'm talking about true crime. I should mention that Terry White, formerly of this parish, has launched a new podcast in the way that only Terry can do. She had an idea. She recorded a podcast. She had music and everything done. It's brilliantly produced. In fact, our editor, Darren, edits it. Uh, and it's already out there. It's called Why Didn't You? And it's the real story of uh, survivors of sexual assault. And Terry speaks to a different person each week and goes through their story. It was obviously, should we say, inspired by a recent high-profile celebrity who's been accused of multiple sexual assaults, uh, although it's not specifically about that person. Uh, it's more about... It's Terry, who is a survivor, speaking to other survivors about these things and getting their stories out there. It is not a lol fest. I think that's fairly safe to say. It is not what I would call an uplifting or buoyant podcast, but it is incredibly good, as you would expect from Terry. So do listen to it. Why didn't you? The real stories of survivors. That woman, her like bio is just should just be like, I get shit done. She does. Do you know what I mean? She just doesn't mess about. Done. Doesn't mess about. It's, oh, it's so impressive. Yeah, it is. Boydie. Mm. What have you been watching? I don't think you introduced me at the top of this podcast, by the way. Did I not? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, feeling it's, unloved. It's, it's, oh. No, no, no. See no, what no. it is, Boyd. I take you, you for granted. Just, oh, That's you what do. it is. I take you for granted. Just, you know, you just have that nagging feeling gnawing at the way back. Did he actually introduce <laughs> Did he actually, me? No, just, like, you're just what, a, a voice. I just worry about the listeners who, you know, might have tuned in for the first time. Think, All right. What the fuck is that? Guy? All right, listeners. Listen, you if, if you're new. You need no introduction. I mean, that's Thanks. true. You are TV's Boyd Hilton. But if you are new to the Pilot TV podcast, if you do not know who presents this podcast, the man. The myth, yeah. the legend. Thank you. It's Mr. Boyd <laughs> Hilton. That's. I'm so glad I mentioned it because I, I like. I like it when James goes dripping in sarcasm. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Thank you very much. Um, I, in answer to your question, yes, it's me. I've been watching. This is going to annoy people. Stuff that isn't out yet. So, um, but Ugh. yeah, um, we will. We will be reviewing for sure next week the show that I have watched an inordinate amount of at the weekend, which is The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, you yes. cheeky monkey. Yes. I don't have that. Oh, well, you need to request it, James. Forthwith. <sighs> I really um, do. This is the Mike Flanagan of um, The Haunting of Hill House. and um, Oh. Yes, The Haunting I of Blind Manor. Are <laughs> you big Mike Flanagan fan, Steph? Yes. Yeah, Midnight Mass. It? Midnight Mass, one of the greatest. Oh, Midnight, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, yes. So amazing. Right, right. Uh, as recommended by Ricky Gervais in our live pod a couple of few weeks ago. Steph, is it is it a crime story if the crimes are being carried out by vampires? <laughs> or ghosts. That's the question. You know, or ghosts, you know, either. Yeah. Good oh, question. Such a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Horror crime. 
crime horror yes. horror. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let that. Yeah, have a think about that. Mm. Have a think. Um, and uh, actually, even though I was gonna say it's embargo, but it's actually not. It's um, it's it's you can you can we could we, I could, could review put it, it up now, now. But that would that would ruin. No, the but that would ruin the podcast, we'll, yeah. we will review it next week. For to, sure. to be fair, next week is an absolute yeah, barnstormer is, for TV shows. Shocker block as yeah. opposed to this. Okay, week. thanks for having me on in the shit week. Then <laughs> no, 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 no. Please do invite me on when you really don't care about the shows. That's great. That's, no, 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 no. No, I'm not saying. How that. dare you speak of Mrs. Sidhu that way? Steady. Uh, no, um, no, no, no. But yeah, what a joy it was to have. I'm so glad I did request it just on the off chance. I was like, oh, I must get, and, and I had the whole weekend to um, to digest it in full. And it's, I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna. Well, you can't say. I can't say. Well, I can. I can't say for podcast purposes. Yes. I actually can. You can I say for embargo purposes. You I could can't say, say for podcast. But purposes. yeah, anyway, all, all yeah. Uh, so we'll cover that next week. Um, the other thing is, go on, Steph. You, you seem I was about just going to gonna say, say Midnight Mass. I loved so much that mm. I watched it twice. Oh yeah, I, I just, lo- oh, just it's it was fan- just phenomenal. Yeah, so it's amazing. Incredible. Yeah, I watched it for, uh, twice as well. Yeah, did um, you? Yeah, I mean, not one of. Did you? Are you saying instantly? Like you watched it and then you watched it back again? No, instantly. No, oh, no, no. no okay. I watched it right, and fine. then I, I did watched it like a couple oh, yeah. of months later. Yeah, 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 I, just, yeah, I did a yeah, rewatch because yeah, it was like it's so yeah, good. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, and the other show I'm going to mention now. This show I was like, should do I mention this in also out or should I bring it forward to this segment? And I brought it forward to this segment with an apology from me. It is. Apologia time because oh, I have to oh say, God. yeah, I have to say, James's ire is about to explode. Oh when James, when we discuss what we're going to review in the pod, and James says, Any other shows, Boydie, that I might have missed off? And I sent a little list of stuff. I absolutely completely forgot to mention this show in that list. And we probably would and should and could have reviewed the show in the main body of the podcast. Uh, but it is a fuck up by me. It's a Korean series called Bargain. Yes. yes. We were invited to a big old immersive screening of yeah. that with kind of interactive elements, weren't indeed, we? Indeed. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus uh, from Thursday the 5th. And I've watched the first episode, which is um, epic. Uh, and it is extraordinary. It begins with, the less you know about it, the better. So I'm, I'm absolutely not going to ruin it. I'm just going to say the very first scene is a young, is a really awkward, excruciate, borderline excruciating, challenging scene where a young woman, a, a, a very young woman, is engaged in a discussion, in a negotiation with a, a, a businessman about to have, um, about to engage in paid for sex. Uh-huh. And um, mm-hmm. this scene is brilliantly acted and written, and it's keeping you on. It's very keeping you on the edge right from the start. What the hell is going on with the, with these people? And then it goes into a completely another thing, and then it goes in the end into a completely other other thing. And I'm not going to say what those other things are, even though they have been quite widely reported. If you if if, if but as I say, it's definitely best to go into this this series as lowing as little as possible. It is quite spectacular. The, the other thing I should say about the, this first episode is it's shot in one take, and to the Ooh. point. And I actually, you know, it's it's so well done. You know, I, I kind of think the difference between certain things shot in one take and other things shot in one take, like Boiling Point, which the series of which um, we reviewed last week. Mm. That film is shot in one take, and you really, and it's kind of part of the whole concept of the thing, isn't yeah. it? It's like we're going to show you this hectic world, and we're going to do it in one take, and that's going to add to the hecticness. Whereas this thing, bargain, it doesn't really need to be shot in one take, and you kind of, and, and I almost didn't, and I didn't realize it was being shot in one take until like halfway through. I was like, oh, hold on, this is in one take, and then I, I googled it, and I was like, yeah, fa- it is famously one take, but it kind of adds to the. It adds to the mood of 
of general weirdness, I was all right to say, mm. about this one-take um, method. Yeah. Yeah. Why so, do people do the one-take thing? Is it just to show off? No, well, no. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes, yes. Yeah. But do you remember, I mean, we spoke about Mike Flanagan recently, but remember The Haunting of Hill House, yes. the one in Hill House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you watch the behind-the-scenes of how they did that, where they had the sets created, because the one takes you from the past to the present to yeah, the past. And they even swap out different versions of people as the character spins around. I mean, that was extraordinary. Yeah, totally, yeah. And and this is the same, actually. If, if you start to... When you notice... So having noticed it is all being done in one take, um, bargain, I was then like, how the fuck is this working? Because... It's it's unbelievable how mm. the stuff that goes on in this in this first episode. So I haven't watched subsequent episodes, and I haven't even checked whether subsequent episodes are all in one take. I probably doubt it. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I think there are six, five or six episodes in full. But yes, I completely throw myself upon the mercy of the <laughs> podcast. We really probably should have reviewed this above and beyond yes, one or other of is... the shows we are actually reviewing this week of the three of us. But bargain, maybe you know, maybe we can, we can touch upon it in the future. Bargain, Paramount Plus. Thursday, fucking out watching. If it only is. you could go back in time, Boyd. Dawn <laughs> Mamu, I've come to bargain. Only, <laughs> totally. I could have saved one hour and 23 minutes of my life watching Mrs. Steady, Sidhu. no spoilers. Stop coming I, for Mrs. Sidhu. Yeah. Leave Mrs. Sidhu Leave alone. Mrs. Sidhu. Okay, it's just Mrs. time Sidhu. I'm never going to get back. It, it, well, having said that, it is, that is a very long episode. It was feature length. <laughs> it was, it was feature length. Kay would have been furious. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, fine. Okay, Boyd has, has done his mea culpa. Yeah. Um, and and your see I, the thing is the problem Boyd is we're mm. now going to segue straight from you having watched a thing you can't talk about yeah. to me having watched a thing I can't course, talk about I watched the entirety of an upcoming <laughs> new series which I'm so incredibly excited about and I was thrilled to get to watch exceptionally early uh, and it yeah it was wonderful but I can't say what it is I know I have to guess oh god I? that's awful um, I know what, what I know okay. it just makes me a ballet this is ridiculous. I know is this the one that you not the one you were sent separate links from, from that's the, the one oh, okay. that's the one no, fine, yeah. so fine. Boydie knows okay. what it is yeah, but I obviously can't say what it is because yeah. that is embargoed yeah. uh, but that Which was great is now on, on their streaming oh is it thing, yeah, is it yeah, yeah, oh so yeah, yeah, now yeah, yeah. the normies like yourself can watch it as well normies like me but yes okay this is unbearable listeners if you would like to hear about shows that we've watched that you too can enjoy fair enough yeah. No, you're Jesus. right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely oh right. But it's not God. out for a good few months yet. So we'll talk about it a little okay. bit nearer the time. You're going to have to give a clue. You're going to have to give I something. I think you could just is say what it is. Is it sci-fi? Is it what? I don't think I can. I think you can. You oh, well, now that it's on the screen, I so. I can probably say. That. Hold on. I'm not going to review it. But no, now that it's on the screen, if it's definitely it. on the screen, as I, I can say what it is. Now I'm going to check. I'm going to check. Because it wasn't. I had a very early, early cut of it. Uh, yeah, which was did, very which unfinished. Was, which was very yeah. weird. Okay, but it stop was talking about it. Stop talking about it unless you're going to give it a name uh, or some sort of clue. As <laughs> I like it, it when Steph, <laughs> you started it by saying Steph, like, you know, isn't abusing you, but now. That's good. It's good. I'm, I'm glad that you've strict. really got into the spirit of the podcast yeah, now, Steph. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, this much this more. I'm more work. used to this. I'm, com I'm comfortable with this dynamic. This is absolutely how it should work. Yeah, here we are. Here we go. Here we go. This is just, this is, this is Mr. Hilton Investigates. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. In fact, I take it back. It's not there. It's not on there. Right. So I'm not going to say. Okay, right. But I will. We'll talk about some of the things I have seen. So obviously Ahsoka, we had the penultimate episode of Ahsoka, which we obviously we've now watched. Uh, it's still not moving at what I would call a grand old clip, but I'm still enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I think she's great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not just her. In fact, I think the whole ensemble. Like the, you, you, I won't say who the uh, more recent addition to the cast is, but I enjoyed him as well. Uh, and yeah, and Sabine Wren. I, so I, yes, I, I feel like it. As I've said before, it captures the ambience of Star Wars very, very well. Boyd, Boyd's, Boyd's choking on his raspberry apple juice drink. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, been enjoying that, but that wasn't the only thing I watched. Uh, I am absolutely loving Wheel of Time. And this shouldn't come as a massive shock to you, because obviously it's very much my bag. But, oh my God, it's so good. In fact, that could very much be called Mrs. Sidhu Investigates, because Mira Sial, who plays Mrs. Sidhu, plays Verin Sedai of the Green Arjar. Uh, and <laughs> Verin she's, Sedai sounds, of the Green Arjar Investigates. Yes, Verin God, Sedai. And, sounds absolutely terrible. And literally, she's what investigating the case of the Dragon Reborn. So it is Verin Sedai of the Green Arjar Investigates. Uh, that's and it's good, really, really good. She was the best thing about the first episode. She's really. magnificent. Yeah. And she's so good in this show. Right. Uh, and, it's, and I love... But this, this weird time, like what, what I think they've done really well with this is like, it, it hits really hard. The most recent episode as we record, there will have been one more by the time this goes out. Uh, but the most recent one I saw, which is all about the Sean Chan, specifically the Demane and the Suldam. Uh, boy, looking at me blankly. But, but it's <laughs> really fuck? hard hitting. Like it's a really brutal episode of television. Like, it's quite hard to watch at times. It's quite, it's quite nasty. So, so the Sean Chan are a, a, a sort of uh, race of people from across the sea and they, enslave women who can channel the one power and they put these collars around their necks uh, and they and they and they enslave them so this is all about one of the characters who has been instead being broken in this kind of prison and it's really really brutal uh, but it's it's really good show and it's what, what's interesting to me is having read all the books how they have made it I mean a lot of this stuff is in the books but it hits a lot harder like they've really leaned in the kind of brutality of it but it's uh, it's a it's a really good show weird of time if you haven't seen it do give it a chance uh, it's great stuff you'd hate it uh, yeah, what I was going to say actually is, how can you love like fantasy crime yes. and not like real life crime? Be I suppose because it's so detached from reality. I think for that example, it's funny because obviously one of the main differences between me and Kay, and I think you're very much in the Kay camp in this regard, is that oh god, she... I'd rather poke out my own eyes than watch this. One hundred percent, as would terrible. Kay, and she does regularly on this podcast. But uh, th like, she doesn't like any kind of show that isn't grounded in a kind of some kind of reality. Yeah, reality that she can relate to, like like anything with like spaceships and fancy stuff, kind of irritates her a little bit. Uh, whereas fancy for me, stuff. that's that where I live. Said? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so like, oh, so, so Game of Thrones, she fancy. got on with it. Fancy, fancy stuff. Fancy, 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 fancy. fancy. Yeah, she loves yeah. fancy. She doesn't love fancy. fancy. Yeah. yeah, loves yeah. a fancy. Uh, but you know, she needs that. Whereas I'm the opposite. I want stuff that's as disconnected from reality as I can possibly get it, because that's what escapism is, right? Like it feels like a totally different world that you can just inhabit for a while, uh, and that's the appeal for me. Yeah, I get that. I know it. And as I've said previously, I've been to um, one of your houses, so I know. <laughs> one of my houses, as if I How have many, many of them. Of many, I've just got one the one. This is houses. the revelation of the day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. James and his secret special I, I, side, yeah, side house. Yeah, that's true. I, I remember the discussion of my inner sanctum when I was off on this <laughs> oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I that was unfortunate. I have been to your inner sanctum, so. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, can you hear my dog? I can yes. hear your dog, yes. Sorry, I'm really sorry. That's about good. That. If your dog has any any you know feelings about Mrs. Sidhu investigates, please encourage them to share. <laughs> uh, but when we, but not until we get to the review section. Crucially, please mm. inform your dog that we haven't got to that point yet. Um, okay. But look, so yeah, so I, I love a, I love a bit. Of, so Wheel of Time, really been enjoying Wheel of Time. Uh, in fact, enjoying it much more the second season than mm. I did the first. So Wheel of Time, which is showing on Prime. The other thing I want to mention is, for reasons I can't rightly say. I watched NYPD Blue. Now, bear with me. Now, you know I hate I hate a procedural. A procedural? I was about to say, that yeah. seems very unlikely. It's not up my alley, but we had Sophie Petzl on Pilot Plus last week, and it was an unusual Pilot Plus because uh, Kay wasn't here, so Sophie came on and she talked about all her favourite shows, and we got onto procedurals at one point and how procedurals have evolved and, you know, new versions of NCIS versus old versions of NCIS, and 
for some reason off the back of that, I ended up watching one of the episodes from the first season of NYPD Blue. Now, if you remember, this was before Jimmy Smith. This was when David Caruso was the lead in NYPD Blue. And randomly, what made me watch it was, I turned on the TV and I saw him... Uh, I can't remember the name of his character that he plays in NYPD Blue. It's not Horatio Kane. That's the CSI one. Um, yes, he's talking CSI to David Miami. Schwimmer. Oh, he is talking yeah. to David Schwimmer, who is, oh, I think he's the witness. I think he, he lives in apartment 2B or 4B, and so he keeps calling him 2B. Uh, and they're having a conversation, and obviously it's impossible to look at David Schwimmer around that era and just see anything other than Ross from Friends. So it's a very surreal conversation Did you know, you, you, I'd forgotten. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd so known in the past. watching that because no, of Schwimmer? that's what made me watch the episode, because I turned it on and was like, oh, it's Ross. Oh my God, oh. why is he talking to David Caruso? And that's what drew me in. But I mean... It's, it's, Did you enjoy it? I, I mean, I enjoyed it to the extent that I, I watched that season of NYPD Blue way back when. I don't think I persisted with it afterwards, but I did watch the whole of the first season. And it was really good. Like, it was quite a compelling procedure. It was one of the better ones, quite frankly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did like it. And it was, just, it was interesting watching that dynamic and watching... Because presumably that, given the year, that would have been pre-Friends Schwimmer, right? Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Oh, of course. Yeah. So, he wouldn't be in NYPD uh, Blue had he, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, well I mean, who knows? try Law and Order. You would no, love Law and no, Order. No, no, no. Order no, no, no. That's a whole can of worms. That no. Is, yeah. We've had the whole uh, Law and Order. Because, you know, Terry's like the world's biggest well, fan and, of Law and Order. So, uh, SVU is and Terry's thing. Yeah, she's, 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 yeah, specifically she likes, an SVU Specifically, SVU. I think she likes Law and Order itself Both as well. those shows are incredible. Oh, yeah. Dum dum. Okay. NYPD Did Blue you... had one of the best theme tunes as well in history in TV. It was quite funky, wasn't Absolutely it? Yeah. Brilliant. Didn't it have a wailing saxophone. It had a wailing saxophone. <laughs> it had a whole vibe to it. Yeah. It was, it's just fantastic. And it had a very sort of kinetic yeah. title sequence yeah. with all the different things. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Dennis Franz as Sipowitz, oh, the legend. Uh, the yeah. And, and he was in it right to the end because Smiths wasn't in it to the end of the run. Right, but Sipowitz yeah. ran yeah. all the way from the first season to the last. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you Friends... ever watch Go Magnum PI? Who didn't watch Magnum PI? Of course. Okay. So, bam, bam, it wasn't, it wasn't as gritty as NYPD Blue, though, was it, Steph? <laughs> well, it was in Hawaii, no, it wasn't isn't. it? It's hard to be gritty in Hawaii. It's true. But whenever I can, I try and plug this inc- the world's most incredible crossover episode where Murder She Wrote met Magnum <laughs> PI. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a crossover episode. <laughs> it's called Magnum on Ice. If you can find it, watch it. Your life will be better. And that better was before for the Magnum ice creams came out as well. So, it, yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. now we have now Magnum really on Ice is. at every petrol station. So Yes. Yeah. Just saying, you mm. will thank me. Mm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, so I watched an episode of NYPD Blue. That's the other thing I watched. I think that covers, broadly speaking, what we've been watching. Shall we have our guest at this juncture? Oh, God, yes, please. Yes, let's have this week's guest. And this week's guest is Boyd Hilton. But crucially, he's talking to Morven Christie. <laughs> specifically, specifically about Payback, which we'll be reviewing later on, in which Morven plays Lexi Noble, who ends up through, shall we say, a family tragedy, dealing with a notorious crime lord called Cal Morris, paid by Peter Mullen. Uh, Boydie, you sat down with Morvan to discuss this show, didn't I you? I did. I'm not the guest. She, Morvan is definitely the well, guest. Well, I just I'm thought, the, I thought, I yeah. thought, given that I've been taking you for granted, I thought I should make <laughs> oh, more of you. Oh, I'm bigging you up. I'm sorry, I didn't realise the sarcasm <laughs> continues. <laughs> it, it never ends, Boydie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Crack on. So here is Morvan Christie, Interviewing TV's Boyd Hilton. <laughs> um, hi, Morvan. Welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. Um, I remember, I have very fond memories of hanging out with you at the Latitude Festival about 10 yeah. years ago when you were, I was, you were on a panel I was doing about 2012, the brilliantly funny... About 2012, comedy yeah. Series. yeah. 
What a show. I love that show. It was, it was I mean, brilliant. it was hard, so hard to do, but it's such a brilliant show. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And the show that we're talking about today could not have more of a contrast, really, because no. that, sh- that show, my memory of your role in that was that you were kind of like, you know, you were fairly, yeah, you were kind of funny, you know, kind of knew what pre- you know what you were doing. You were very, <laughs> in this, right from the start, you have to deal with grief, and you're every single you'll have to kind of watch your own husband be killed in front of your eyes. You have to then deal with that with your child. It's it's an extraordinarily heavy show. Does it does it does that actually attract you, that challenge to deal with all of that? It does, yeah. <laughs> um I don't think that's unusual actually for an actor, but I but um yeah, I I really I think I've done quite a lot of things where I've played characters that are kind of on the front foot. They're quite dynamic and they're quite they're trying to change things and they're quite sort of um yeah, forceful I guess in various ways. And I really loved the opportunity to play someone who was absolutely in a reactive place, you know, who who just had a number of really, really difficult circumstances flung at her and has to kind of and has to kind of deal with them. And I think for me, playing a character that's in a really vulnerable position right from the beginning, um that's 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 really beautiful. I really, I really enjoyed that. I was excited about that. Um yeah. And do you when when you're um taking on a role as you say which which kind of almost every single scene that she's in um that there's there's kind of she's facing tough tough things to deal with yeah. um do you have to get yourself into that place do you have a way of do you have a process to get or are you or are you just an old school actor you just got the script and you just go in and do it um so the process on this one was kind of different because the script was there, there was still like there was still a lot of evolution happening with the script. We, we went into production with a script that was still at quite an early stage. So there was an element of shooting it where we were kind of finding the scene first and then shooting what we found. Um, so that sort of took away a lot of the element of being able to really prep in that kind of traditional way. Um, but that actually is something I kind of enjoyed um, because I think... Um, there's something really powerful always for screen acting, particularly of like of being able to just really be spontaneous. I think sometimes when things are over prepped, it can it can get quite labored and that that really shows in the work. So um, I don't I like the, the way I work is essentially method. But method, I think, is a word that's been sort of changed into into sort of something else. And all that it really is, is using your own your own sort of instincts and impulses and experiences to kind of um it's just personalizing it's just really personalizing what's what's happening so um but that said it doesn't mean that i have to maintain it all the way through the day you know i don't i i think that um that is such an incredibly punishing way to work for everyone, not not just for the actor, you know, for everyone. You kind of make everybody's job really hard if you if you do that. Um, so no, Peter and I, like, I mean, it's not just the scenes with Peter, obviously, where Lexi's under these incredible emotional pressures, but um, but I had a really great relationship with Peter. I had a really great relationship with everyone in the cast and with the crew. And so that's kind of the way that I do things is I kind of just, I really embrace and enjoy those relationships so that when the camera's turning, I can just 
pile right into the middle and let it and let it happen. And I don't feel self-conscious. I feel really supported. I feel like I've got, you know, a, a, a great, like, like it's collaborative. Um, so yeah, that's the way I do things. It, it does mean that when you, you still have this thing that when you go home at the end of the night, you, your, your head, your, your brain knows that you've just been acting, but your body is kind of holding all this weird tension from all of these strange sort of extreme emotions that you've gone through in the day. So you do have to kind of like give yourself a bit of a shake out when you get home. But um, yeah, it must be, I think it must be exhausting, like having going, you know, cause you know, you literally have to cry a lot. You have to, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah. Are you exhausted when you get home? Yeah, definitely. I think more than anything from the fear, <laughs> I think fear is like incredibly taxing on your body. Like, uh, yeah, you, you. if you've got that sort of, even just in life, if you get that sort of like anxious, nervous knot in your stomach, by that night, your body's really drained and really sort of exhausted. So yeah, I mean, I was shattered. The weekends were just sort of, I was just kind of a zombie. Um, but but it's, it's also just such a gift and such a privilege to be able to do that, especially after, you know, pandemic and all of the, you know, everyone had such a weird time through all of that. So yeah, I was like, I'm shattered and I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned Peter, Peter Mullen, who uh, mm-hmm. is, is brilliant as your, as kind of, as the villain of the piece. And is it right that he was cast first? So you knew he was he was in the role when you joined? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I think, um, I think they maybe went through a few people before they got to me. <laughs> Um, but I think Peter was in there from the from the beginning. He he had worked with Jed uh, years ago. I think he directed for him and things as well. So, but yeah, Peter was already attached. And when it came to me, I so I sort of received the script along with Peter Mullins already attached. And I almost was like, do I need to read this because I'm going to do it? Obviously, but he is and has been one of my favorite actors for a really long time. I don't think there's many Scottish actors that wouldn't say that about Peter um you know it's interesting because I think a lot of times you know you hear this expression like never work with your heroes right (laughs) but actually if you get the opportunity to work with somebody that you respect that much and the opportunity to really humanize them um and you know Peter's a unique individual he's a really I've never worked with anyone quite as kind of genuinely collaborative and like I said to him at the end of the shoot I don't think I've ever worked with a male leading actor who's ever asked my opinion about a scene before. And I didn't realize that that was the truth until I worked with Peter. And I was like, wow, that's wild. Um, But he is just, he's incredibly spontaneous. He's really like, he works in a very similar way to me. Like he doesn't over prep. He just sort of comes in and plays and listens and does this very sort of spontaneous thing. Um, And yeah, it was really free and really kind of, it was great. I loved it. Mm. And the, I mean, I was at the launch the the, the other day, and judging from his, um, he was so funny. I just thought he's he must be a great laugh to to be. You know, as soon as the, the you yell cut and you're kind of just hanging out with him, it just yeah, must, he's I mean, so funny. Like at one point, he said the immortal phrase, which I was expecting. I know quite a few bank robbers, and I thought, well, okay, that's I know. <laughs> and you're like, if I said that, like the entire team would just be like, oh my god, gag her, <laughs> shut her up. Yeah. He, he is sort of, he's like a wild animal. He's completely uncontrollable. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's got some of the best patter I've ever heard. Some really brilliant, brilliant stories. And, you know, that classic, 
Glaswegian delivery. Like he's a very, very funny man, but he's also got like a really deep soul. You know, he's a really, he's a really safe person to be around. And as you say, a lot of this was filmed in Glasgow, wasn't it? Um, and some some of the out, outside uh, scenes, locations were in Edinburgh as well, where it's set. But was it looking through your um, CV? In fact, twenty twelve is one of the few shows where you did use your own accent that you've done. Is that That's is this right. a massive relief to be able to just not worry about the accent element of the role? It's funny, boy, because I didn't think that was something that was holding me back until I got the chance to do something this extreme, like emotionally. And not have that to not have that extra barrier. Um, I've always just like it's I, I never wanted to specifically be a Scottish actor. I wanted to just I wanted to be able to to sort of disappear into multiple different, you know, personas. But um, but it was especially working in this way where the script was still was still kind of evolving to 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 be able to just you know, from from like to have no distance between my gut and my mouth was really was was really great. Um I think it I think it felt a lot freer. Um yeah, it 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 felt good. That said, I would really like the next thing I do not to be in my own accent. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um you mentioned Jed, Jed Mercurio, who's the 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 executive it's his company mm-hmm. has made it. I was thinking a lot of the president is gonna say Jed Mercurio's show, you know, he's gonna get you know, it's because he is yeah. a brilliant brand, isn't he? And yeah. I do think there's something about the, the storytelling and the way this show barrels along, like incredible pace, that mm-hmm. it feels very Mercurio-esque, if you like. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't actually seen the show because I, I just don't think I can, but... Because um, you but can't watch yourself on screen. Is I, I, think it's, I think it's this one specifically. There are things that I have watched and it's been fine, but I think... Um, I think... I don't know. I I I really like. I really was aware that I was abandoning all sense of vanity and going for like really like raw, unpolished thing. And I just know that if I sit and watch it, I will be going, "Oh God, why didn't I wear more makeup?" Or you know, whatever. Okay. Right. So I'm just not gonna. Sure. Um, but yeah, Jed. Um, I think that his stuff, I've always thought of his stuff as being like the kind of the gold standard for that real like procedural thriller thing. Um, And this project, I mean, that's kind of what was appealing about it. It was like his name, his brand. And so you would still get that, that kind of barreled along kind of really pacey thriller thing, but it's character led and it's psychological and it's, um, and so, yeah, I think, and, and and you know Jenny Darnell, that's the lead director on it. She's worked with Jed a lot. She's she's done a lot of Line of Duty. She's done Trigger Point with him. She's done, um, you know she she's kind of been in and out of of working with him for a few years now. I think so. She's definitely got his sensibility in her mind, um, and yeah, I think. I think there's always a danger with anything that's sort of emotional or psychological that it can get a bit gloopy, you know, a bit sort of slow and indulgent. And and you really need to have some like barreling plot to drive that forward. So uh, like I say, I haven't seen it, but I hope that that's, that oh. that's what that's doing. It does, totally does. And what I think he does brilliantly, and I think what, what Debbie O'Malley does does as well in this is that it doesn't, it doesn't stop to give the characters a chance to, Tell us who they are, if you like. It's all done via the, the story. 
and you know scene every single scene is working to advance this the plot but we do get an, an understanding of your character at the same time and that's that's kind of really clever isn't it yeah i think that um i think that was one of the difficulties for debbie was like cuz cuz there i think i mentioned yesterday that the um the first episode script, and this was true of the other scripts as well, but the first episode script when we went into production was 90 pages long. That's that's about 90 minutes. And obviously, a first episode for ITV is going to be like 50, 47, something like that. Um, and so there were a lot of scenes and there was a lot of space. There were a lot of scenes that were, you know, Lexi on her own and Lexi at home with her kids and a lot more of that kind of um, of real like breath in it. And obviously, the, it it needed to be half the length, so a lot had to go. But I think that the fact that you, I think it, sometimes it's really difficult for actors to watch things afterwards and go, well, that scene's gone or that moment's gone and that was really special. Or, But the thing is, it, it all informs the performance all the way through anyway. So it's like in a scene that can be just about plot, you're filled with all of those character moments that you've read and played and, and all of that anyway. So hopefully, yeah, it does it does come through in these scenes while still, you know, having a dynamic kind of pace. Mm. Oh, completely, yeah. I mean, I could absolutely see you in the next of Zalana Duty, by the way. I think, you know. You know <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're doing it. Are they I mean, doing if there will be. No, no, it hasn't been. No, it hasn't. I feel like this is the only question Jed ever gets asked and Vicky and everyone else. It's like totally. it's the first thing everyone asks them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I've interviewed him many times and I always avoid that one question because I know it will send him <laughs> off the deep end. <laughs> Are you a fan of, um, of, of this kind of, I mean, you know, it's a really good example of a crime thriller but it is you know crime thriller it is a genre piece I, I'm going to be really honest with you is Line of Duty is the only one of those kind uh, of shows I've ever watched wow interesting um, and I came to it super late as well like I I think I did a job with Vicky in 2017 I think 20... oh yeah that was great that 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 series, yeah, yeah where you were both the replacement it was called I think it was like 2016 2017 yeah. and she'd already done maybe two or three seasons, I think, of Line of Duty at that stage. And it was after that, it was like a year or two after that, I was like, I'm going to sit down and watch this. And those mm. original seasons, the BBC Two seasons, yeah. um, like Lenny James and all that, they were amazing. Yeah. They were amazing. Yeah. It's kind of less my thing once it moved into the kind of BBC One version of it because it sort of started to feel a bit more like a like a slick mm. you know tv crime drama which is great and it's fun and all of that stuff but when it was when it was in its early days it had this raw it was just unlike anything i'd ever yeah. seen before yeah 100 um, yeah. yeah yeah it was yeah definitely um i wanted to ask you about a couple of things lockwood and co um mm. we're huge fans of that series on uh this podcast and we're devastated they didn't get recommissioned did was that fun we, are you annoyed they didn't get recommissioned <laughs> It was fun. I feel really sad for Ruby and and Cameron and Ali, um, and also just oh, kind of baffled because Netflix spent so much money on it. It was such a big, you know. I also just feel sad for Joe and, and Naira. They just they had such plans for it. There was so much scope for that for that story, and and um, they spent Netflix spent so much money and then it was UK number one and then it was global number one. And it was just, it was just, it was odd because the way that Netflix call these decisions is to do with like how long things stay at that level in the charts. But if you're making shows for that kind of YA audience, they binge them and yeah. then they move on. They yeah. don't, it doesn't, that's how it works. It's like a fast hit. And then, 
so yeah it made me sad that it that it it yeah i i feel like joe had some really cool ideas for it and it was fun man it was yeah. just like a it was a big romping daft you know and it was cool it was really fun so yeah it was yeah. a shame yeah, but sure. i do think you know, I think Ruby Stokes is amazing. Like, I think she's brilliant. She's got a massive future, um, and so I shouldn't be sad for her because she'll she's she'll be fine. <laughs> sure, but, um, yeah, yeah. She was so good in that role. So yeah, yeah I, f- I feel like it's just a bit of a waste. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you feel is in general like is the is the TV landscape now much harder to kind of navigate because of all the streamers and because of things do get cancelled and you know if they don't do exactly what they want yes. them to do, etc. It's weird. It's, it's sort of changed really fast. Like I, I kind of have done like, I guess like pre-COVID, I, I had kind of done like a couple of networky things, network drama things, like sort of back to back, um, and then break from that, and then back into a network thing now. But it does feel like the the streamer element of things is. It's sort of weird. And it's also, I think because of the volume, like there's such a vast volume yeah. of of drama being made now. I'm not going to use that word content because it makes me want to vomit. But there's so much being made that it's really hard for anything to kind of sing out. Um, it just feels like there's this endless flow of, of, of stuff. And actually, yeah, I feel like the streamers will thin out. Um, over time because there's just too many of them now you can't have this many you know and know what's going on um and i think things will thin down a little bit i hope they will um but it's just so rare for something you know like the bear was one of these ones that i discovered like word of mouth thing and it's such a brilliant show but it's you know had it not had somebody not gone this one or have watched this one you know sometimes i can scroll for hours and pick nothing and then just give up you know well you just listen to our podcast um so i'd say more than we we recommend i will do that that's what i'll do instead of scrolling thank you boys thank you yeah that's what we're there for we recommend the bear i mean i was going to ask you what other stuff you've been enjoying recently but the bear is phenomenal isn't it the bear is brilliant it's brilliant and it just i think one of the things i really loved about it i really love the fact that the episodes are all kind of like different lengths that thing of like this is the story in this episode it doesn't need to fit a particular shape or you know I kind of vaguely knew who some of those actors were, had seen them in things, but I hadn't, I didn't have them sort of really attached to a particular role in my head. And so I really just like bought into the performances are so good. I love the way it's shot. Like it's just a fantastic show. I really loved it. Um, well, congratulations um, on yourself on payback because it's a, it's an incredibly riveting show, I have to say. Thanks, um, And great to see you. Thanks, Morvan. Thanks so much. That was Morvan Christie. Let's move on then to this week's listener question. This week's listener question comes from Palmer Maid. And Palmer Maid says, for the mailbag, on a recent episode, you said Stephen Graham was a magnetic performer. I definitely agree. And would add Jodie Comer, what the two of them did in Help was remarkable, and Sarah Lancashire of Sarah, Sally Wainwright said in the filmed tribute for the NTAs, she is glorious on screen. She's so charismatic. You can't take your eyes off her. That's hard to disagree with. Uh, what other television performers would you put in this magnetic bucket? So, if either of you had a magnetic bucket, what magnetic personalities would you put in said bucket? Well, um, 
whenever people mention magnetic performances, um, I, 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 these days I always think of Andrew Scott's first appearance in Sherlock, basically, where he yeah. transformed almost the whole show. By and he was, he was pretty much unknown back then. Um, you know, he wasn't, mm. he wasn't, he certainly wasn't a thing. What incredible casting! I always think that was that. You know, he just absolutely owns those divisive. Scenes. Though a lot of people really didn't right, like, but him those in people that role. who didn't like him in that role are stupid. Right? <laughs> but um, they're fools. Yeah, I mean, but fools. for me, look at him now. It's inter- well, exactly. Look at him now. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it's in- what's in- what I do find interesting because I often think when people talk about just being a bit over the top, um, it's particularly in these what in these kind of magnetic star performances. Yeah. and he is a bit over the top. Did you miss me? Totally. Yeah, but it, <laughs> but it did. But it did totally match that character, you yeah. know, matches the, the Moriarty character. When you're, you know, there's, there are not that many ways of playing the psychopath, big bad villain character in these things, is there? But he found something different. He found a unique way to play him. And I think, it, yeah. Yes. So he's incredible. And he's continued everything he's done since then. You know, he's popped up in small roles, big roles. Mm. Um, he's in this film coming out soon with Paul Mescal. And by the way, Paul Mescal, I saw the new Paul Mescal film oh, the other day, yeah. Foe. And he, he's he's another extremely magnetic performer, I think. Brilliant in After Sun. So the two of them together in a film is going to be pretty amazing. That's a film, so we won't talk about that. But their TV stuff, Paul Mescal, obviously normal people. He arrived, didn't he, in that show. Mm. Again, like, how do you make a romance effectively, nothing particularly original about a romance between two disparate souls, but he he somehow turned that role, which could be reduced to a stereotype, the kind of sporty guy initially with the brainy woman, and he he totally right from the start he was incredibly charismatic. Uh, he was. I would like to just jump in here and say that Daisy Edgar Jones was just as good as he yeah. was in that show. Hundred uh, percent. She I'm was just, extraordinary. You're right. I, I agree. But I just think of him because he's he's paired with Andrew Scott. They're yeah. about to get off with each other in this film coming out soon. Um, the other thing is, of course, we we're about to review Payback um, today, but. Peter Mullen, Peter who, Mullen, who is in Payback and um, he's magnetic in everything he does. In Westworld, he's fantastic in Westworld. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember seeing him in anything where he hasn't been incredibly magnetic. Well, he has an intensity he that does. is quite hard to look away exactly. from. Exactly. And funnily enough, again, um, I, I, at the launch of Payback, um, he did a Q&A along with Morven Christie, who, who you've just heard in this very podcast. And she talks about it in the podcast, actually, what he's like. And he is an extraordinary figure. In real life, um, at one point in this in this um, Q and I think I mentioned it. If, if as long as I did have the interview with Morvan, he said something like, "We were asking him about, you know, he's talking about villains and playing villains and what villains are like." He, he said, "I've known quite a few bank robbers in my time." <laughs> yeah. thought, I'm that's sorry, not, what? That's not <laughs> what normal people say. Um, so he is phenomenal, and he's absolutely magnetic IRL in real life, and as he is on screen. And the other ones that occurred to me, this is all co- recent things that I've seen. So I've just seen. Um, um, the creator, yes. the phenomenal the creator. It's a four or five stars from me. Um, and Alison Janney, of course, CJ Craig herself That's right. is in it and is fantastic in it, leading this bunch of uh, military people. And I think she's in, you know, she was in, you know, she turned CJ into this incredibly magnetic person, this figure, in, you know, my favorite character in the whole thing and one and one of the best characters in the history of television and a lot of that is down to her I mean she is absolutely extraordinary in that show and then others that come to mind there's someone you may have heard of called Brian Cox who was quite magnetic which one in succession. boy which one He's all right. the physicist <laughs> not the physicist but the the, the actor 
other people in succession, uh, Alex Skarsgård, incredible in succession, and Big Little Lies, he's terrifying. And True Blood. Lies, and True Blood, brilliant in everything he does. And my final uh, duo is Lars and Mads Mikkelsen. The Mikkelsens are both incredibly <laughs> magnetic <laughs> in everything they're in. Um, Mads Mikkelsen yeah. is incredibly yeah. magnetic. But so is Lars. Lars is in, you know, Sherlock as well, um, and, and was extraordinary. So yeah, I love both of those. They are my main magnetic people, Steph. But he, Mads is like I actually do think Mads has murdered people from Hannib from mm. watching him in, in, in yeah. Hannibal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah, how magnetic yeah. he is. Totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, but though if we are talking magnetic, I would say Ian McKellen. You know, because he was Magneto. Mm. Uh, well, very oh, good. okay, yeah. literal. I say right. very good. Yeah, possibly very bad. <laughs> Steph, <laughs> rescue us from okay. that terrible joke. Um, right, I. I'm deeply in love with Nicola Walker and will watch mm. anything she's in. Um, yes. And yeah, I mean, oh God, I just, I can't say enough good things about Nicola Walker. I cannot take my eyes off her when she's on screen. Mm-hmm. I am fully invested in everything she's about and everything she's got to say. It's hard so, to disagree with that. Mm. Do you watch Annika? She's, oh, she's just incredible. Is that too cozy for you, Annika? Um, no, because I love Nicola Walker. So mm-hmm. no, I will. I do watch everything she's in. She, yeah, I, I, Nicola Walker above whatever show. Fair, do you know what I mean? Fair. There are those kinds of act- actors. Yeah, you have to be like magnetic, don't you? Because she dresses the camera in Annika, and she I does. think it, you have yeah. to be really magnetic to keep that. Just the she extent to which she it does off. it. She like, pulls it off. Like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course, in yeah. in um, Fleabag. You may have heard of it. Indeed. <laughs> and my second choice is going to be, and not just because I've fit, just finished Top Boy. I'm going to say Kano. Mm. I know this, this, I have to say, what an incredible actor. I mean, Ashley Waters, of course, playing Duchesne, also amazing. But Kano as Sully in Top Boy, again, one of those actors you, you just cannot take your eyes off him. You felt fully involved in everything he was doing. He's he's amazing. And then I was thinking to myself, and this is, gets to the disappointing bit, I was thinking to myself, oh God, Kano, what, what else is he going to do, Kano? You know, because obviously he's like at the forefront of grime and everything like that. He's a proper rapper. And then to my disappointment, I found out that he is uh, the lead in dystopian thriller, oh, yes. The Kitchen. Here for it. Like, oh yeah, Why, coming Kano? soon. Why? Yeah. Coming soon on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you go from Top Boy? Because he doesn't know the, about your weird hatred of dystopia. But the creator still, is dystopian as well. Sorry, that's major dystopian. Just, anyway, I'm just you know I probably will watch it because you know Kano, hmm. but still it's very although directed by Daniel Kaluuya, so probably also actually excellent. Yeah, yeah I mean let's hope so. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, the kitchen, yeah. so it's going to be the next thing he's in, and that <laughs> is that is my magnetic hmm. man and woman. Good shouts there. Oh, God. I feel like... I mean, Jason Momoa as Bubba Voss would obviously oh, be my... Go- no. Yeah, go. Uh, no, no. In all seriousness. In Jason all seriousness. Jason Momoa. <laughs> get out of town. We'll see. You'd like to see, uh, Steph. It's a dystopian science fiction show on Apple TV+. <laughs> um, look, I would say, in terms of absolute magnetic performances, the ones that spring most readily to mind are Robbie Coltrane's fits, obviously, in Cracker. Because uh, bear in mind, that entire show kind of hinges around his entire personality, his charisma, mm-hmm. and his sort of bombastic style that he is I think he's fantastic um, and it's cut from the same cloth and frankly and, and sort of you know I think often I did in the same breath would be Helen Mirren in Prime Suspect uh, who again like really sort of utterly commands that show but for me like Michael Chiklis's role 
as Vic Mackey in The Shield, which I've talked about many, many, many times. But You are such a crime junkie. You've just been hiding. Like, you just like, oh, yeah, wheeled off three crimes. Mm. Yeah. Like, he should be editing Crime Month. That's really. true. That's true. But crucially, these are yeah. not true crime shows. Yeah. But uh, but Vic Mackey in The Shield. Crime, like, to, to... Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Prime Suspect is very much based on a true crime, a, a detective and a true crime. So actually... Well, so, no. so it's a bit of fiction, so, it's loosely, so it's, isn't yeah. it? Not real life cases, yeah. though. But, but to be fair, Crime Monthly deals with crime crime, doesn't it, TV-wise? It doesn't just deal with true crime. You cover uh, crime crime. Find in our, uh, yeah, we, we do. We yeah. do. Um, in, the crimes, in Crime Screen, we yeah. talk about all, uh, lots yeah. of crime. All right. James, all right. James could be the sorry, new James. editor of at least that section of the magazine. Well, um, until, until I take over my tenure yeah. as editor of that section... Tell me then, Steph, what are the top five oh. crime TV shows of oh all time? Oh my God, what a maverick. He's just thrown this in. <gasps> Ooh, oh, oh, true crime TV shows. No, no. Just, I'm going to go crime bro- crime. just crime. Just crime, 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 anti crime, oh crime, crime. Okay. Unbelievable. Are you going to need a minute? Are you going to need a minute to no, think? No, no, you're not. No, oh, she's not just going to go straight into it. No, she's no, going to no, wing she it. Doesn't okay. mess about. She's going to freestyle. Uh, right. Murder, she wrote. I'm going to what? Number, number them. Number them. Show your working. Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that's quite difficult because as as individual documentaries, which I know you do, you kind of not consider those TV. Well, uh, we do consider them TV, but for the for the for the purposes of my very particular question, I'm going to say scripted and dramatic rather than documentary. Scripted. And so dramatic. true crime is fine, but it has to be scripted, dramatized. True, not crime. scripted documentary. Then <laughs> no. Well, hey, I just okay. assume documentaries are all just ad libbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Murder. She wrote. Prime suspect, obviously. Yes. Um, the unforgotten, yes. unreal, unforgotten, just unforgotten. The yeah. definite article has Sorry, no place there. Yeah. Unforgotten. Um, unreal. Which one was that? Damn. I'm, I didn't say unreal. I said. Oh, unforgotten. sorry. I thought you said um, it was unreal. No, I'm just. Oh no, I was yeah. saying it was unreal. I, 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 it was unreal. Um, yeah, right, right, right. I think there was a show called Unreal, but yeah. Anyway, were you going with damages there? Did I hear damages? damages? Oh, damages. Damages. <laughs> damages. Yes. One. Damages. Damages. <laughs> Oh, you haven't God. included Cracker, I notice. Which is a no. gross no, oversight. Yeah, you're going to rouse I, no, James' desire. No? One of the greatest shows ever made. What is wrong with you? I'm not a massive... And then I would just have to say... Sopranos? Oh, God. Oh! I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sopranos. Saying. Okay. Because in the end, most of the... Breaking Bad is crime, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but oh, I see... Bad is crime, for the purposes yeah. oh, of this so question, hard. I think it's investigating crime rather than committing crimes. So I think Sopranos is out, Breaking oh, Bad is okay. out. okay. That's our redefinition yeah, of the so I'm thing. Just, Murder, She Wrote. Can we talk about Murder, She Wrote? That seems like an detective odd choice dramas. for me. De- oh, there we go. Detective dramas. dramas. Yes, that's more what I'm Okay, well, yeah. Columbo. Columbo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I'd yeah. say Columbo okay. over Murder, She Wrote, right? So I would, yeah. What? I would. No, 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 no. Just in terms of quality. I love Peter Fork, but no, no. No, okay. no, wow. no, no. No, Murder She Wrote is one of the greatest. <laughs> was Murder She Wrote the thing that got you into crime to start with? When you were little, little when little Steph Seaman was growing up. When I was growing up, I used to sit and watch Murder She Wrote mm. with my with my nana, and I just loved it. And I I have every episode on DVD in my office upstairs. I have a signed photo of Jessica Fletcher. Wow. It's one of the saddest things that I never actually got to meet her in real life. But yeah, I just I have a deep love for JB Fletcher. Was it? Beatrice, Beatrice Fletcher. Was yes, it just yeah. the Magnum crossover? Did she ever do any other crossovers? No, I believe she only, she didn't really need to lend uh, herself to any other crossovers. So I believe it's just uh, Magnum PR. Okay, Magnum that's disappointing. Magnum needed her more than she needed Magnum. Because I think if you could get in people like me, you'd need something like Mordor, she wrote. That's something I would watch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm not coming on again. <laughs> no, I'm just fair, not. Fair I can't. No one would blame you. <laughs> 
No I one just, would blame you. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Well, I mean, those are uh, there were some good choices at least in there. So that was thank you for those. Uh, the Shield is magnificent. <laughs> I, did you watch the Shield, Steph? Yeah, the Shield yeah. is also good. Law and Order again. I mean, this God. Oh, I mean, all the Law and Orders, I guess. I watched. I watched Law and Order UK. There are only like six yeah, yeah, episodes yeah. of it, aren't there? Yeah. Like it's really short. Uh, Jamie Bamber yeah, was in that, it, and that's the reason that. I watched it because he's from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there, there were a couple of seasons. Oh, were there? Oh, yeah, so yeah. I watched the first series of, of Law yeah. and Order UK way yeah. back in the Chris day. Chris Chibnall, of course. Yes, that's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, great. Okay, I don't even know how we got onto this. Where we, oh, that's right. We you were, did. It's your fault. We were you the suddenly... magnetic bucket, and I just upended yeah. the bucket yeah, and just gone... put Steph on the spot. Uh, did I have any others that I wanted to mention? I mean, look, Patrick Stewart. Obviously, Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown, those kind of performances, the ones that you just, Mayor you base an entire show around someone being phenomenal. Uh, mm. Lots of great people there. But yes, I think, you know, it's it's hard to top people like Sarah Lancashire, people like Nicola Walker, like the kind of people where just just almost anything they do mm. and you can't stop watching it. Lauren, what do you yeah, I mean, Sorry, Happy Valley, yeah, as a crime yes. oh, yeah, show, Happy that, Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, exactly. Lauren, what do you Better than Murder, she wrote. Lauren, what do you BTW. Eight series. With eight series? 53 episodes. Oh, God, so I really <laughs> so, didn't miss yeah. a lot there. Yeah. Why did I think there was only one series know. of it? Because you only watched one, obviously. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. No, it was a big You're hit. You're young, you've got time to catch up. I it's don't fine. see that happening. But it was like six episodes of series, wasn't it? It wasn't like the... You know, um, Network Twenty Three. Like, it, I think I seem to recall that. Unless, unless I just watched the yeah, I mean, first you six the series. <laughs> there were eight, eight seasons, fifty-three episodes. Okay, but, fine. So, all right, good, good to know. Right. Well, after that shambolic outing, uh, if you would like your question addressed on the Pilot TV podcast, do send them in to us at Pilot TV Pod via DM on Twitter or Instagram, or to me directly at James C Dyer, just on Instagram. Let us move on to what we laughably call the news section. Uh, have you brought us any TV news, Steph? I mean, Kay didn't bother last time she was on this podcast, but, you know, maybe you did. Let us know. I, I did bring some news, but you know what? I got it written down on here and I've just got to find Well, that's fine. It. You find it because I should probably start with I'll the big it. news because there is only one piece of news that really matters this week and it is that the WGA strike mm. is over. It's finished. It's done. The writers are writing. Everyone is rejoicing. The birds are singing. We can speak to people, which is lovely. Uh, and that is real progress. And we're hoping that the, obviously, maybe by the time this goes out, it will be over. But the actor strike, we think, will probably resolve quite quickly after this as well. Um, but this is good news. Yeah, well, the actors are meeting on Monday, I just read. Which uh, will be when this the, podcast goes out. Yeah, so, yeah. With the um, studio people. Yeah. Um, sag after. So yeah, so that's promising as well. And you'd think the writer... I mean, I thought the writer's um, dispute was more gnarly and difficult to resolve, really. There are more issues, there seem yes. to be anyway, to me, than the, the actor's um, situation. So you'd think that the actors would resolve it now yeah, fairly soon. I mean, they've got to. They've got to. It'd be weird because everyone's excited. I mean, let's let's start production again on all the stuff that was halted. Mm. And if the writers stay on strike, then that will be <laughs> really insane. But yeah, so yeah, let's hope so. But the, I mean, this is this is obviously a big relief for everyone looking forward to entertainment, but also you know a big win for the writers who deserve to have Huge, their yeah. you know their their requests listened to and, and, and acknowledged. But, um, you know, we really haven't seen the impact of the strike, I would say, no, yet. when are we going to see that? I think we're going to feel it we? before too long because TV schedules, like a lot of the okay. shows starting in the US have pushed back. Last of Us right. hasn't been filming. Loads of the shows have essentially stopped. So I think there is going to be a point in the pipeline next year where it's going to feel slightly more threadbare where things are going to be slightly more spread out. But then given the sheer volume of entertainment these days, maybe it won't be felt as significantly as, you know, we think. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it will. Mm. I think I, th I think they'll... 
it just you know we live in a world where there's like two or three Netflix, Prime Video, Disney, Paramount that's shows true. airing every week. So which enables us to do a podcast, true. right? That's why we do this very, very <laughs> podcast. So I don't think people will notice as much. And yeah. this is absolutely true. When we first came up with the idea for this podcast back in 2018, I I stood up and said, "Guys, guys, yeah, you I just don't think there are enough TV yeah. shows for us to you review idiot. three new shows every week." Yeah. yeah, and honestly, you can count on that fingers of two fingers the number of weeks where there hasn't been enough yeah. stuff to review. I mean, it was almost a case history, but that only because I forgot about Bargain. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But but more often than not, there are just too many shows, which is why we have a second yeah, podcast yeah, on yeah. Thursdays. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, it's wild. Do you want to hear my news? Hit me with your news, Steph. Not literally. Okay, so do you watch Godfather of Harlem? Uh, this is the Forrest Whitaker show. It's Well, my news is about Forrest Whitaker. He's back. He's going to be back mm-hmm. for the third season of this epic gangster drama. If you don't watch it, it's... Amazing. He's back at Lionsgate Lionsgate Plus. Lionsgate Plus. Thank Mm. you, Boyd. Yes. Mm. As Bumpy Johnson in the third series. So he is coming back. So if you don't watch it, please do watch it. It's and that is based in true crime history. That's what I'm calling it. There was a true crime person called Bumpy Johnson. Yes. (laughs) That feels like something you should go to a doctor for. Think. Yes, it yes, does. I think oh, yes, you're not I'm sure, are you? Johnson. <laughs> you're not. I'm not actually yes. now. Hold yes, on. I'm it not is. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Let's Wait crank up Google. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to because. What's it called? Mrs. Sealand investigates. Yeah. What's it called? The show again? Bumpy. Ghosts. Uh, Godfather of Harlem. Do you know Godfather what? Godfather of Harlem. Really well, I, I, I think I don't think we've actually ever reviewed it on no. this podcast. As I recall, it the is, week sorry, it came out was a busy week. Just in my mind, I thought because it's it's got like it's got Malcolm X in it. It's got everyone in it. I was like, mm. oh, was Bumpy Johnson a, a real person? Yes, he was. Yes, yes. 1960s New York City gangster, Bumpy Johnson. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, thank God. Okay. Real name, Ellsworth Raymond Bumpy Johnson. Mm. FYI. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, Forrest Whitaker is, um, is know, magnetic I, and brilliant in everything. Why including The it? Shield. I watched uh, one yes. episode ages ago when I thought we might be reviewing it on this podcast, um, but it just hasn't. It's just yeah, I just didn't, didn't go back to it. Yeah, but it did. It was supposed to be really good. You're saying have you you watched the whole thing? Have you three yeah, seasons brilliant. so far? Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. No, he's going to be in the third season. He's going to have a third season, and he's back because yeah, he was going to like everyone's trying to kill him, but mm. you know it's 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 true story. It's a historical gangster drama. Anyway, my second piece of news, again, which is crime related, but you've probably spoken about this or know about this, a new David Fincher film, Mm. okay, with Michael Fassbender is on Netflix next month, The Killer. Yeah, Mm. I've seen it. Have you heard about this? (laughs) You've seen it? I have. I have indeed seen it. It is absolutely embargoed and I cannot talk about it, but I have seen it. I don't okay. think it is. I think it's Are been you... reviewed. Has it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing about that, this, this, this is, of course, film rather than TV, but we'll, we'll allow it. I'll I allow know. It. Yeah, no, no, no. Like but you know, still. the really exciting thing about this film, which James can confirm because he's actually seen it, is that the, yeah. isn't, the soundtrack is dominated by Morrissey and the Smith songs because <laughs> the character, the central uh... character, is obsessed with Morrissey and the Smiths. Now, what greater combination could there be oh my god than filmmaking no genius David Fincher Fincher um, acting Morrissey. genius Michael Fassbender and musical genius Morrissey slash the Smiths I would say I would say I the te- pairing of Michael Fassbender David Fincher and almost any other musical artist <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with <laughs> no triple yeah. threat I'm with yeah. you boy don't listen oh. to James he loves fantasy genuinely don't my main feedback from that film was, came up was no one should have to listen to that much Morris- Morrissey of a morning just no one yeah. uh, it was just yeah. it was far too much for my poor little ears that's what dealing with him, Frank. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely not. James. Yeah. I'm no. hope, I hope. I hope. I hope against hope. You're not allowed to review that. Fucking <laughs> <trip>. <laughs> yeah. If I may stage an intervention. Okay. Fair enough. Um, any other news you would like to share? I've, there's some news just broken, actually. Some s- sad news, really sad news oh, just yeah, broken. I just saw that. Um, which is that Michael Gambon, the absolutely fucking mm-hmm. legendary actor, has just died. No! Yeah, aged 82, yeah, yeah. literally while we're recording this. Um, and obviously all the papers are going to say, all the coverage will be, you know, he played Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films. But for me, uh, he's in he one of so my top... He was so much more than Dumbledore. Well, completely. But he's also in, I think his greatest ever performance was in The Singing Detective, which is in my top five of yes. all time, shows of all time. It's one of the greatest mm. TV series ever. Um, Dennis Potter's show, in which he basically played kind of multiple incarnations of himself. Um, absolutely brilliant and I hope they I think they repeated it anyway fairly recently on BBC4 or at least they repeated one an, an episode of it because when they did their kind of celebration of BBC but I imagine they'll show it again quite soon at least on BBC4 or make, make it available on the iPlayer if it's not on the iPlayer but yeah what an absolute legend um, Michael Gambon was I met him once I was lucky enough to meet him once because he was in a play um, he was in um, Harold Pinter play which I forgot the name of, obviously, No Man's Land. There you go. Got it. Um, and and I got a chance to meet him afterwards, and he was absolutely as astonishing as you want him to be. Um, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic, funny, clever, um, charismatic. Talk about magnetic. I mean, he was ultra-magnetic as yeah. well. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Gambon has passed away, 82. That's very sad. That is sad. Bring us back. Less sad. Someone messaged me on um, Twitter, and I've... I can't can't use my phone because at the moment because we're using it to look at Steph on the <laughs> Zoom. Um, but they made the very good point that just after we finished recording last week's episode of this podcast, the new Doctor Who trailer broke. The trailer for oh, did it? I haven't yes, seen it for the three David Tennant specials that are coming up in November very soon. Um, the 60th anniversary specials. Doctor Who Day itself is November 23rd. That was when the first episode went out 60 years ago. So you'd think around then, like the start around then, or in the ra- yeah, it's incredible. It's what, what an achievement. But anyway, oh, that's incredible. But the thing that I'm seeing again and again and again that people are saying about these this trailer, the trailer is fantastic. They have done a brilliant job of making it look incredibly exciting. I mean, I'm excited enough to have David Tennant back as mm. the 10th. And for many people, like Terry, for Terry, the, te- the 10th Doctor was easily the, the best Doctor. Um, uh, she, well, I've got, you know, I like lots of the different Doctors, but he's definitely up there, put it that way. And that whole mm. period when Russell T. Davis was writing the show and David Tennant was the Doctor and Catherine Tate was his companion, it was an absolute golden period for the show. And you just get that from this from the trailer. You get the, there's the emotion of the fact that the last time we saw Donna, Catherine Tate's character, he, he wiped her mind of all their interactions for various for reasons. Um, and uh, he kind of left and so in this in this thing, she's like kind of thinking about there's something missing from her life. She's kind of, you know, her Ooh. brain is somehow reconnecting and somehow bubbling under the awareness of what she, of the time she had with the doctor. And, that, and the other I just so, I feel like you know you, you were saying mm. about it being a golden period. I, I totally agree with you because I feel like when David Tennant was the doctor, people who did not give a shit about Doctor Who right. started caring yeah. about Hang Doctor on. Who Hang because on. of him. You watched Doctor Who. I watched it when David. That's mm. what I, I. Yeah, me. Was, I am that person. It was, there was a I period. didn't care about Doctor yeah. Who. There was a period back then but when it was. It was the I biggest show on David TV. Tennant playing Doctor Who. It was the yeah. biggest show on TV. There so was even. A, yeah, which had never been up to that rare, point. That's rare, isn't it? That's very Completely. rare. That like yeah. Doctor Who people. Right. You know, Whovians. What? 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 what, what Whovians, what's yeah. the name for them? Yeah, Whovians. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they. They. You know, they die. They die hard. Exactly. And I watched it in that. Right. And the thing that non-Whovians are saying now is that this trailer is incredibly exciting and has and has added to people's anticipation 
anticipation of the show, not just Whovians. James is not a Whovian. He's looking, he's looking oh, at scum. I love that the world's divided yeah. into yeah. Whovians and non Whovians. I am a non Whovian. You are a Whovian. Really? Is, it feels like we've, we've, we've both crossed the lines like and Who? not met in the middle. No, I don't. It's ridiculous. What? I know, I know it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, that it's is, preposterous. I have no idea about you. Seth, it's preposterous. I have no idea. Anyway, in the trailer, you get to see Neil Patrick Harris. He is playing the character of the toy maker that was speculated that he was playing a character of the toy maker who was <gasps> back from 1966, last season, 1966. Wow. Um, there are lots of other incredible um, things that we saw glimpses of, including Gemma Redgrave is back um, as Kate Lethbridge Stewart um, in Unit, the kind of special secret. Uh, military operation thing that's in Doctor Who and you get to see, and Shooty Gatwa is seen right at the end and you think oh so he's probably going to be regenerated into Shooty Gatwa maybe who knows I have no idea yeah, and yeah. I'm just speculating massively but the fact that he it does appear there in that final scene of the trailer I think oh that, that's incredibly exciting as well because these three specials have David Tennant as the Doctor and then the Christmas special is Shooty's first full episode Oh my so god! Do you know what? Stuff. I'm going to re—I'm going to rehoove myself. I'm going to rehoove myself. Get back myself. on the Hoovian bandwagon. Yeah. James has nodded off. It does not behoove me. Sorry. Uh, oh. Legend. Oh. Uh, hey, look! I'm—I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because you know we will be reviewing it on this show. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Kay, more crucially, Kay will also be watching it. So I'm not the one you got oh, to worry about, Boyley. I'm not the one you got to worry yeah. about. I don't worry it's about her. I think Kay has an open mind. Kay's more open minded oh than you are. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> untrue. Oh. Um, <laughs> one more piece of news I wanted to mention because James looks like James wants to move on because he's got bored because of the Doctor Who thing <laughs> um, is that BBC has confirmed when the highly anticipated and highly controversial true crime drama of all true crime dramas, Steph, The Reckoning, do you know what I'm talking about? Which oh, is yeah, the yeah. Jimmy Savile drama yeah. starring Steve Coogan okay. as Jimmy Savile it's the four part drama it's going to air on um, the 9th Monday the 9th Tuesday the 10th of October and the, again the following week and all episodes all the four episodes will be available on iPlay on the 9th Monday the 9th and um, it's fascinating because you know this whole people have complained that this whole show was even being done you know, let alone you know, whatever. So it, it's going to yeah. be fascinating. I'm hosting the press conference for it um, with all the with all the journalists who come along. And interestingly, Charlotte Moore, the head of heads of the BBC, like head of all BBC channels and content, is going to be there to answer questions from the press. It's that kind. It's that controversial a thing that um, it's Ooh, got. Yeah, well, I want to so, come to that. Can I come? Yeah, it should be able to. I'll, 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 uh, okay. I'll, I'll Can find, you find out. out? Yeah, but come. Steve Coogan's going to be there. Obviously, the, the writer Neil Mackay is going to be there, um, who's Amazing. a really very experienced true crime a drama writer. What's, what's your feeling? And, what's your feeling well, on it? Well, they, they sent me, they, they put out a, uh, interviews with the writer and the, and the producer. Mm-hmm. It's foregrounds the victims. So the victims actually um, are seen on screen um, talking okay. about apparently talking about their experiences to some extent so yeah. there's he particularly got to know four um, victims of Jimmy Savile and, and for extensive research and this has taken years to come to fruition yeah. so I, I think you know my feeling is if you're going to do this thing if you're going to tell this story in drama form then this is the way to do it but I haven't seen yeah, you know, I can't say be... anything more but I'm fascinated to see these kinds of things need to be victim focused. They need yeah. to be victim first. And on a very serious note, whenever all the editorial that we produce for Crime Monthly, we are victim focused. We're victim sure. first. We uh, make sure that they are at the forefront of everything that we mm. write. So uh, 
I'll be very interested to see how. And the other, the other interesting thing about out. the launch, so nearly finished, is that they're yeah, showing on. journalists all four episodes. So four hours, wow. they have to, okay. you know, you have to commit to watching a, a four-hour screening, effectively. Wow! You know, to, to, because it's how important it is. They want people to see the whole thing. And they not want just judge you to it. see it in its yeah, entirety. In its, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just judge it that, on one episode or whatever. Yeah. Wow. James. Okay. Uh, I was going to mention that there's an animated Lara Croft Tomb Raider show coming oh, to Jesus. Netflix, but neither of you will care. So let's just <laughs> well, gloss I don't think over even that. You will care. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, you're, you're known for your love, <laughs> my love of animation and Lara Croft. Yeah, okay. A couple of uh, there were a couple of trailers, I think, or teasers, I should say, for season five of Fargo. Uh, John Hamm's oh, Cowboy. Yeah. Excited about obviously that. Hamm's, stage. Hamm's going through a golden period. He's been going through a golden Hamm. period for some time, hasn't I know, he? But, but it feels like he's doing. He's on a lot. Yeah, this year you know, he's on a lot. The morning yes. show. Yes. Um, the thing with the thing with. Um, I love the thing with the thing. You, you know the fantasy um, thing. Is it back in? He was back in this year with Michael Sheen. You know. Oh my god, my memory is so terrible. <laughs> good oh, omens. Thing, good Come omens. On, he was in good omens. Right? Come okay. on, man. Yeah. The good thing about so- Sophie Petzl, the, the writer was on our was on plus as, as Jason mentioned at the top of the show, top of the show. And the brilliant <laughs> thing about I felt she made me feel much better because she doesn't remember the names of people or their characters either, oh, not just me good. or shows. Okay. So she has a similar kind of l- lack of memory for those things. Yeah. So that means. Oh, I like better. that you call the other show just plus. Oh yeah, Pilot plus, TV Pilot. Plus. You yeah. just call it Plus. Just okay. Plus. Yeah. All right. yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Available now for two ninety nine a month. Please go to EmpireOnline.com slash Pilot TV. Exactly. That is a bargain. <laughs> Such a bargain. Thank you, Steph. That is a bargain. How long are the Plus shows? Uh, normally, normally they are a tight hour. However, this week's okay. is significantly longer uh, because we had Sophie on and we wanted to make the most of her. So it's a broad, wide-ranging discussion. So broad, in fact, that Boyd literally leaves an hour into the yeah, show. I had to leave. And we I just had carried on without him. I had an appointment. The BBC oh. had to go. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on Plus, do you do your exclusive interviews? I. I <laughs> I know this sounds like I never listen to the show unless I'm on it. Which clearly can't be the case. Because I don't. Um, Is that what you do? Well, no. So funny you should ask that. So we review an extra show. So we reviewed Gen V, the boys spin-off from uh, Prime Video. And we do a variety of things. We have the posters at the home of the Pilot TV postbacks when people send in their questions and their thoughts and opinions. We address those on Pilot Plus. And then we have been doing spoiler chats for specific shows. However, we are branching out on Pilot Plus and doing all sorts of different things. So we had Sophie on to talk about her favourite TV shows. We're going to be doing a few other things like that. We've got a couple of other segments. We do a cultural exchange, which you might quite enjoy, whereby Mm -hmm. Kay makes me watch something I hate and by way of vengeance, oh, I make her watch something that she would otherwise not. Mm. So it's about oh, broadening fun. horizons. Okay, so, it's it's something that two people with too much time on their hands can do. A little bit. That's so she right. watched the first yeah, episode okay. of Game of Thrones and actually quite liked it. And I had to watch yeah. Celebrity Race Across the World, which I liked less. But Oh, do you know what you should watch? Oh, God. At Home with the Furies. Oh. Uh, do you know what? I case mean, we have spoken of that, that before. Yeah, but actually, I believe that. Taskmaster so is something I'm going to be sort of corralled into watching at some point soon. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. true. So, yes, we're going to do that. And then we're also going to be doing a brand new section, which doesn't quite have a name, where we're going to be revisiting the pilots of old shows as well. So, maybe we'll go back to Steph. Maybe we'll go back and watch the very first episode of Murder She Wrote, see if it's any good. Who knows? Literally Pilot TV. That's Literal the, that's the Pilot name of that TV. Yeah. <laughs> we're wondering what the name of that segment is. Literally Pilot <laughs> Literal TV. Literal Pilot TV. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so, please subscribe to Pilot Plus. Anyway, also in news. I'm going to say to this, Jamie Lee Curtis has been expressing support for the fan casting of her as Dr. Kuriha 
in One Piece Season 2. Now, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. I know who Jamie Lee Curtis is. I do not know who Dr. Kariha is. And we didn't review One Piece, so I've never seen it. However, I, the reason I brought it up is because it was a bit of an oversight on our part. We should have reviewed it. It's another one where Boyd, he dropped the he's ball. Having, he's having a go and, uh, He's having a go We didn't review I'm One Piece. I'm the wiser. Pasag. There's just a lot of words yeah. being said. This I don't, is a I show, I'll tell you. <laughs> this is a show that arrived without much fanfare from Netflix, and I didn't include it again. It's like, like this week's bargain situation. Yeah. And so he's oh, blaming okay. me for the fact that we didn't review it. And he yeah. said it was a massive phenomenon. I've never heard of it. It in is my life. one of the biggest mangas of all time, I it's believe. It's one of the biggest mangas of all time. But ha- the interesting thing is, okay, Steph, right, is that if he's that obsessed with this show, it's that important. It's that big a deal. He hasn't watched yeah. it. He's had plenty of time okay. to watch other things five thousand times. But he hasn't watched yeah. this show. Boyd, I mean, no, apparently, watched... Boyd, I had a very important episode of NYPD Blue. Right. Watch. I don't know what exactly. you're talking about. Apparently, I've committed the biggest crime in, in podcast history by not getting us to review that show that I'd never heard okay. of. Yeah, but back off, yeah. James. Back, back off. off. Leave Boyd alone. So Jamie Lee okay. Curtis is what she's. She's going to be the, in there? The fans, fans, no, no, not at all. Oh. The fans would like her to play a oh, character Jesus. called Doctor Kariha, and she has endorsed this. This, this grassroots sorry. movement. Can I just say? I'm just going to unpack this. <laughs> yeah. okay. so, Before James, you do, let me just say this. You've... I've oh, had to watch him Christ. look bored beyond all reason when I was talking about Doctor Who. And now he's, <laughs> this is the final news story that he's trying to impose <laughs> I on. never said it was the final news story. Oh my God, there's more. <laughs> okay, I, so I just want to clarify this. <laughs> you are giving some information about someone who is not going to be in the sh- a show that you haven't watched, but people want the, them to be in the show, but you don't even it's, know whether Jamie Lee Curtis the is suited I mean, look, to the show when because you, you've never watched the show. When you put this it like that, madness. Steph, when you put it like that... <laughs> Yeah. It may not quite fall I under mean, you. Okay, at which point, we'll end news there, and I will not mention that the sci-fi mystery thriller Beacon 23 has found a home at MGM Plus in the US. So, there you go. Wow. Congratulations. There we go. Wow. There we go. Okay, well, that marks the end of what can laughably be described as news. Let's move to this week's reviews, and we begin now with the much-hyped and highly-anticipated Mrs. Sidhu Investigates, which stars Mira Sayal as the titular, Mrs. Sidhu, who spends more time in a gym in this episode than I have done in my entire life. Uh, This is a feature-length episode, and she is a high-end caterer of Indian cuisine, but something of an amateur sleuth, much like Steph. Boydie, Mm. as you probably gathered from this point, because we had to dial stuff in and there was technical stuff to do, I have absolutely no funny gag prepared for this. Uh. So I'm just going to say... Mr. Hilton investigates this. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, I think via osmosis or just looking at the expression on her face, I think I get a sense of what Steph Seelan feels about this show. But I'm going to ignore that, right? right, right <laughs> or I have no idea that I can guess what James thinks about it either. But first of all, so, yeah, this is a... a, a Two hour per episode format, like you know, like the classic, you know, Inspector Morse or whatever ITV kind of Sunday night um, format. It's about an hour and a half with ads, so it's not it's not feature that special or anything. All I think there are four episodes in this series, and they're all that long. They're all two hours with ads on the. Now, what fascinates me is this is right part of the UK TV family of channels, which includes Dave mm-hmm. Gold um, Drama, which this is on an Alibi. But Alibi, I know I'm starting with this, but it's just really got my goat right. Alibi oh. is there is there entirely crime drama themed mm. channel. It's this yeah. is not an alibi. It's on drama, which is just a general drama channel. For, it's just, it's just feeding into Steph's belief that this is not yes, in fact yes, a crime it, show. Yeah. 
absolutely substantiating <laughs> my claim that no, this no, isn't no, no, a no. proper crime show. It is a proper crime show. It's, no. Of course it is. It just is. Because it's, it's definitely it's a proper crime show. I don't, I don't want to teach my, my editor of Crime Monthly to suck eggs, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there are different subgenres, aren't there, of crime drama. And this is, this is what's now being referred to, cosy crime, slightly misleadingly, I feel. I feel what they really mean is crime that's not trying to be edgy or, um, you know, kind of, Gory yeah. or challenging, particularly, but is and, and and is in that sense cozy. It's kind of quite. But having said that, this story does open, as James mentioned, with her doing kind of this like um, remote Pilates or like cycling spinning. Class, spinning I believe it's class, called spinning. Yeah, what spinning, the fuck it is? Spinning. While in in this gym, in this posture, where it's actually happening, like this 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 kind of global event of them people joining in this exercise, and then behind the scenes at the gym, two people get murdered. One of whom with a pair of fucking scissors, and, you know, mm. stabbing, being stabbed. It's quite, both of them, with scissors. Violent, I think. Both yeah. of scissors, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. But both, both quite violent murders. So. Often these cosy crime things do start with quite violent murders that back in the day would have been post-Waterjet anyway. This is, this is on 8 o'clock, by the way, on the Drama Channel, not the Alibi Channel, mystifyingly. Um, and, so, and so it is crime because you've got crimes right at the beginning of the show, literally mur- literal murders at the beginning of the show, and um, two people are investigating, one of whom is the actual police, police detective, um, DCI Burton, played by... Friend of the podcast, yes, Craig Parkinson, Craig Parkinson. Oh. of Line of Duty, etc. Fame, who we love and is great. And he's kind of like, yeah. he's semi-disgraced, isn't he, is what we know. Like, he's had a dodgy recent situation professionally. And, um, you know, he's kind of, people say, his colleagues are saying to him, don't worry, you'll be fine, you know, like, kind of like helping him along. But he's he's had some issues in his recent detective past. And he is joined by Mira Sayal as the titular Mrs. Sidhu, who is... A caterer slash amateur sleuth. Yes. And one of the funny things about this show is that he is aware of the absurdity <laughs> of having a caterer slash amateur sleuth who's going to somehow stumble upon murder cases in each of these stories, even though she's a fucking caterer and not a sleuth or investigator at all. But, you know, we've had a long tradition, and there's a line in the in the show where Craig Barkin's character says, oh, yeah, she's a lady caterer, caterer yeah. detective. And, you know, because so, it's like something out of an 80s TV show, which it is. 80s yeah. session where back in the day when TV drama um, commissioners would just commission oh yeah you know these are gardening detectives yeah. murder are, she cooked mm-hmm. murder she mm-hmm. cooked mm-hmm. yeah exactly um, and there has been a catering Pie in the Sky um, was a catering yeah detective show um, so it has happened once before maybe even more times maybe people write in with other catering detective shows that, I'm, that I've missed but anyway I think it's aware of its own absurdity the whole central idea that Mira Sayal's character is a caterer slash detective but it, 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 it's absolutely harmless frothy perfectly entertaining perfectly enjoyable quite I thought um, nicely wryly funny tonally um, quality mm. to it it's that a, is the key right it certainly isn't serious heavyweight no. difficult crime but there's room for this I I think it's it's good enough to be on Sunday night on ITV, you know, in the kind of oh, God. eight we'll o'clock slot. Absolutely, better in fact. I think there's some things that have been in that slot. I would say, um, and I perfectly enjoyed it. It's yeah, it's not it's not to be taken too seriously, but you know, Mira Sayal, um, Craig Parkinson, what's not to love? Okay, well, um, I've got three. I've got three words for you. Okay, so you're telling me that this is um, a crime show. Okay, I've got three words for you: murder, most. Horrid. Do you remember that show? Yes. The uh, Dawn French anthology yes. series. French. Yeah, absolutely. Would you, would you call that a crime show? 
Well, it's a spoof. No, it was not. a spoof of crime shows, wasn't it? it okay, was, um... and that's what this feels like. This okay. does not feel <laughs> like a real crime show. I'm just gonna sorry. Uh, just to, I'm just gonna give you this bit of dialogue from Mira Sale, who I love, by the way. Trapped truth is like trapped wind. It will always find a way out. Okay, she says that yes. in this episode. Yes, she, she says that tongue in cheek, line. though. She does yeah. say it tongue but in it's, cheek. It's, it's not a line that would be in a crime show normally. <laughs> not a serious one. Do you know no. what? I would give real money to have seen Horatio Kane say that right before the credit yeah. sequence in right. CSI okay. Miami. Yeah. Okay. I think the thing is, is that when I'm saying that the, the humour is key here, yeah, it's, it's, it is lightly enjoyable. Craig Parkinson is absolutely essential to the success of this show because mm. he's so he's he, he's almost acting as if like everyone else is a moron which i really enjoy but everyone at the health two, club pretty much is aren't they to be fair they That's are it, yeah. yeah but yeah. The, the, the there's too much of that kind of humor for you to take anything seriously in it and and i i don't think you can take it seriously as a crime show and if you are I wanting to watch a crime drama Okay, yeah, well, you know what? Then it succeeded because then I didn't take it seriously at all. Um, it was it was just fine, um, but it wasn't like... I like my Craig Parkinson's in line of duty is what mm. I like. I That's, if I'm honest, I love Craig Parkinson. I've met him. He's a wonderful person and he's a brilliant actor and he's not in enough, um, but... I, I don't want he's him in, in this. Lot, I want him fair, in something yeah. else. Okay. I don't think he's in enough uh, okay. that I would watch. Right. I want him in more things. Wow. Sorry. Okay, I mean, it it, it's fine. He, he should it's be in everything fine. as far as I'm concerned. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. James. What does James think? Well, so this begins with a spinning class, but it also go. begins with a murder. And when the murder happened, I was just like, not only... I was, I, 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 I was already a little upset that it was an hour and a half, but... When the Me murder too. happened, I was just like, I am going to hate this. Because I thought the murder was so... The way it was directed, the way it was shot, that bit where it's just that awful, like, hackneyed shot of, you know, that semi-Hitchcockian, like, it, you got the close-up of the hand holding the scissors and then they fly down out of shot. And it's almost, oh, like, beyond parody at this point, that kind of Don't thing bring Hitchcock into this. That is absolutely <laughs> No, but it was. Outrageous. Yeah, it's a Hitchcock shot that Hitchcock has shot. now become know, but a parody. like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's such a shame. But anyway, that's a whole and, other conversation. And I did that whole thing. I was just like, oh, God, it's 90 minutes. Of this, I'm not going to survive. And then, and then oh, Mira Sayal happened. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, she's so much fun to be around and she's so watchable that all of the other stuff kind of fades away. And then when, when Craig Parkinson turns on, their dynamic between them I thought was brilliant as well. Yeah. The interrogation scenes were really good. Look, it's not line of duty, but it's not yeah. trying to be. And look, cozy crime is not my bag at all on any level. But I think it's one of these things, and, I, and this kind of goes back to our magnetic bucket question. I think even if you're watching something that isn't your bag, that isn't your genre, isn't your thing, if you have the right people in it, if you have really magnetic people in it, they can carry you along regardless. Mm. And so even though this is not my thing and, you know, would I ever watch this sort of show? No. I really enjoyed my time watching it because of the people who were in it. God, I, I, oh, can I just say, I'm totally, James and I in full agreement on this one. <laughs> yeah, I and that never happens. happens. You're the outlier. It's never happened. Right, but listen, what was, you, I agree with you. Mira Sayal is an incredible woman. I love her. But I honestly was just thinking, God, I love Mira Sayal. I wish this show would turn into her telling me how to make those cod fritters that she's giving to him. Like, that's the that's what I, I was thinking. That scene, I, just, I she, loved that scene. Yeah, that was a great loved scene. Loved that scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good scene. It's just, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I don't you take, you, you, you really have all. an issue with 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 crime that isn't really serious and difficult and gory and. I, I do. Well, I do. I don't think it should live in the same space. <laughs> I know what's happening here. Yeah. I know what's happening and here. You, yeah. And you know what? And because <laughs> other people don't believe it should live in the same space. That is why it's not on alibi. Okay? Yeah. She does that have you there. That is why. Yeah. Uh, do you know what's happening here? What's happening here is Steph takes her crime really fucking seriously. Yes. And what she doesn't like yeah. is yes. people coming in here and making light of her crime. This is exactly the yes. issue I have it's true. with comedy it's Star you. Trek. Yeah, it's very Because you. I'm like, I take my mm. science fiction really seriously. Yeah. And when people come in with quote-unquote comedy sci-fi, it really irritates me yeah. because it feels like I don't, I, I need it to be taken seriously. But there are levels, right? I, I, all I would say is, I think, like, you you brought up the um, the Dawn French series. Uh, Murder Most Horror. Murder Most Horror. That is... That's further along the comedy line than this is. This is just tongue-in-cheek, um, fun, frothy stuff, I would say tonally. Yeah. That was, um, that Dawn French show was kind of like spoof of crime dramas. And then you've got, you go right even further along the comedy line to, I always mention, Touch of Cloth, which is the ultimate, <laughs> yeah, the ultimate but, pastiche okay, spoof, hilarious. brilliant yeah, satire. Yeah, yeah. And that is, and that's literally taking the piss out of crime drama, right? But, Okay. They're all they're all on a spectrum on on you know there's different levels of which uh, where they're funny but I think I this agree. is actually I think this is actually much closer to just being a crime a no. traditional crime of the no. Columbo slash, I think I think know, that might own, that might yeah. be the problem Boydie. Okay. I think if you Absolutely go full not. spoof yeah. you can maybe accept it as a separate thing but if you if you stay if you veer quite close to pure crime yeah. Steph it's it's pissing well, in Steph's, Steph it's, it's pissing in Steph's swimming pool. No I'm I'm, I'm empathizing with Steph I don't agree with stuff because I care nothing about crime but if this was science fiction I would feel her pain and it would bug the shit but out of Steph, me Steph here's my question Murder She Wrote okay. how seriously do we take Murder She Wrote are you saying that's a real like you know heavy okay, weight okay hold on a minute ah. you, okay, <laughs> I've got just you have because you got by the Fletchers you, on your own <laughs> because right Mira Sayal is a high end caterer okay Right, right. No, I mean the character. Fletcher, the character. J.B. Yeah. Fletcher was right. <laughs> J.B. Fletcher was a crime novelist. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. her expertise was steeped in some. <laughs> what are you telling me? Like you're telling me it's Delta. Okay. That it's the catering that's got you. That you're offended by. It's the by. food. Yeah. It's the. It's the. It's the catering. So like rosemary and thyme. Are you anti rosemary and thyme as well? Oh, I, I just. I can't be doing with oh it. Oh my I'm god. Sorry, no, no, but no. I. I. I see. See. Yeah. So I. I see in this. I like the fact that she's clearly someone she's a caterer a purist. but what she is is she's an empath yeah. and she can read people and like just when like with the oh, with the wedding couple of being she can just read people it's yeah, like yeah. you know it's yeah. like Cal in uh, in Lie to Me Do you know I, I like that she has like a natural lie detector going on mm. I enjoyed that yeah. but just to your point weirdly what Steph is talking about is why I don't like Doctor Who oh I know I know yeah it's because it's it's not full on comedy <sighs> but it makes light of something that I need to take seriously oh, and that's hone because it's makes... so close to it bugs the shit out oh, of me oh god it's so annoying because it's okay, such I'll a misinterpretation of the my, thing. My it's not, limit, makes, not making light of it. It is. It's, just, it's not making light of it. It's actually light work. It actually has a lightness yeah. of touch. Yeah. It's not. That's different to making light. Oh, of but something. okay. Just to be clear, this is not a criticism of Doctor <laughs> Who or indeed of this well, show. But this like is it. no. It's not at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. All I'm saying is it, it falls in my kryptonite zone. It's a. It, it's right. my issue. It's entirely with me. But yeah. I know why I have an issue with it. And I think the reason I have an issue with it is the same reason that Steph has an issue with Mrs. Sidhu, even though I have no issue with Mrs. Sidhu. <laughs> I just, I just would like to reiterate the point that it's not just me who has an issue with it. The it's people also who say, this be on the alibi channel also have an issue with it. I, my limit yeah. with this kind of stuff is like murder in paradise. That's my limit. That is like 
okay, acceptable level of non-crime crime Interesting, show. interesting. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Death okay. in paradise, even. <laughs> death, sorry, death, death in paradise. paradise. Yeah, death yeah. in paradise. Yeah, I know what you yeah. meant. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Sidhu investigates, which may or may not be a crime drama. Yes. <laughs> it's, is it's not on alibi. Not, not according to alibi. It is on drama. And when does it air, Boydie? <laughs> oh, it airs on drama. Yes, indeed. Wednesday, 8pm. And, and I think UK TV has its, like, um, you can watch it whenever you want kind of thing. So it'll be available for Fine. a day whenever Fine. you want. So you don't, the fact that it's on drama rather than alibi doesn't really matter that much. Okay. <laughs> It matters to a lot of people. It matters to Steph, Most I can tell you, you that. Yeah. Yeah. Next up this week. <laughs> next up this week. Oh, God help us. Anarchy. We have... Anarchy. Annika. No, we have Payback, as we've already discussed, the Jed Mercuro produced, though crucially not written, uh, which stars Morven Christie as Lexi Noble uh, versus Peter Mullen uh, as a crime lord called Cal Morris. I do keep saying it like that. Yes, that is the only way I can say Peter Mullen. Unwise um, accent alert. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Steph. I don't have a pun for you. What did you think? Is this a crime? Is this crime? Is this crime? Oh, Tell God. me now. Is this, it crime? Is it not crime? Is, this is right up my alley oh, down my relief. street. I lo- <laughs> not, more than Christie, I mean, all hail more than Christie. What an amazing actress. But this is just got the twists. It's got the turns. It's got the thrills. It's got the spills. Everything about this is perfect. I, I could not have loved this more so um i don't think we can say well so i think we can say because it happens in the first five minutes can't we so morgan christie is um an accountant you're introduced to their family and within the kind of first five minutes family tragedy happens her husband is is attacked in the street and then what unfolds what my Favourite thing unfolds, a web of secrets and lies. I could not be happier about this show. I cannot wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what he was up to. Everything about it is brilliant. It's directed incredibly. I love every scene. Scottish gangsters are my (laughs) favourite. I I just, I can't, I can't say anything more apart from this. You must watch it. You will not be disappointed. I, I kind of agree. I think it's um I think it's excellent. I think um what's interesting is is as as James mentioned, it's produced by uh, Jeb Mercurio. Um but but it has and it isn't written by him at all, but it has got that line of duty Mercurio esque propulsion, Ooh, propulsive good. kind of quality yeah. to it, where every scene is working to drive the narrative forward. Um and working It's all got all the Mercurio, it's got all yeah. the flair of a Jed, I think so. hasn't it? It's yeah. really just yeah. beautifully done. And, yeah, and all the character work and the um storyline, it's all at the it's all being done at the same time. It doesn't like stop for you to get an idea of no. the characters. It plunges you straight in, as you say, that shocking sequence where where he, the husband gets attacked by these people is very, very early on. And then she has to tell the kids and then she has to find out more about the husband. And mm. then she meets the Peter Mullen character comes in and he, he is this kind of initially quite, initially like they do it quite cleverly where you're not quite sure quite how horrible or, or Oh, that's he is. so true. Yeah. You're not aware yeah. of like, you're really not aware because he's, he, he's, so he's very kind of withholding in the first yeah. scene. He's got yeah. very little dialogue. And so you aren't, you aren't made aware of of, of how actually how sinister he is. It's kind of a sinister silence, actually. So maybe you yeah. kind of do think that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is brilliant. And quite soon, it's quite clear that he 
is he's not he's not a nice guy. He's a wrong one. He's definitely yeah. a wrong one, that's for sure. And then you've got um Derek Riddell, who is always brilliant as as one of the detectives, um, and Prasanna Puranaraja, who is the oh. um kind of financial investigator, yeah. this kind of quite dweeby character who's come in, but he's quite key because his investigation again, it's trying not to um give out too many plot lines, but he's his involvement as a as an as a particular specialist in the force is key to exploring what on earth was happening with her husband and and the Peter Mullen character, what the connection is and why they were, what, what you know, what the hell has been going on. I, I, I am with you. I love shows in where secrets and lies have come tumbling out and it gets more mm. and more complicated and, and juicy and gnarly. And and the scenes between Morven Christie and him and um, Peter Mullen well, are fantastic. Well, they're heart-stopping, aren't they? And they do, yeah. it, what, it, what this show does quite cleverly is it parcels them out very sparingly so it takes a while for the two of them to meet and when they do the sparks fly and the tension is there and the kind of charisma um between them is absolutely fantastic so i agree with you it's uh, it's um yeah. we should credit debbie o'malley wrote it um oh. really good job um it's it's fascinating and compelling and i'm powering through the whole six part series well yeah because the thing is this is does financial crime is one of those things that it's really hard to make it super sexy, but this is super sexy financial crime, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. I didn't like didn't it. You oh. Think so? <laughs> oh, Jay. Really? Did you not? I didn't like it at all. Oh, and what? I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. If it had been on Paramount Plus, I'd have loved well, it. But yeah, because it was on ITV, that. I took against it. Oh, uh, and yes. You didn't like it. It's true. My ITV radar was uh, was sort of my, the, the ITV alarm no. was sounding in the back of my head. But no, no I just didn't. I was bored. I was oh, just my bored. God. Oh, Jay, um, you obviously weren't you paying <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. I concede it's definitely a crime show, but beyond that, I just, wow. yeah, I just couldn't get on with it. I thought Morven Christie was really good. I thought Peter Mullen was really good, but I just didn't care about God. anything that was happening. You um, did not care. No, I just I'm didn't care. To I just, it didn't grip me at all. You, it's literally one of the most <laughs> gripping things I've seen this year. I, I just, I do. I, how can you be gripped like by fake wizards and not be gripped by this? I don't get it. Look, look, I'm just saying there weren't enough deep fried cod balls in this for my liking. If you're going to solve a crime, I want deep fried cod balls involved. I have to say, of all the things, I was not <laughs> expecting James to prefer the cosy crime yeah. of, of, of Mrs. Sidhu yeah. to this tougher this is what happened. crime it's it, fascinating no one was more surprised than me Boydie yeah. let me tell you because I was really looking forward to this shocked. and I was bitterly disappointed oh my god uh, I, like, like, so. I really need you to unpack why you didn't like it I, I, I just this is something's gone wrong here I don't, I don't get it that's an that's an excellent question because I was thinking about this afterwards because as you guys were talking about it I just I was like it just didn't it didn't seize me so from the from the beginning I was like a little bit so we start with uh, Morven Chrissy's character kind of spying on the nanny to see if the nanny is like doing a good job taking care of her kids I was like okay I'm starting to get a feel for this family dynamic then we cut to Peter Mullen <laughs> leaving through a bunch of money in a suitcase and. I was very unclear as to what was going on at that point. Then we come back to it, and then I won't spoil anything, but then it it, it moves at quite a pace. But I didn't... There were moments of this where there were very furtive looks to camera, which I was rolling my eyes extremely heavily about. Because I kind of like, give your audience a little bit of credit. You do not need to have a big neon sign saying, I'm a wrong and above someone. We can pick this shit up quite subtly. It's fine. Oh and I just no, I just I, found that was really no. ham-fisted. So that 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 automatically got my back up a little bit quite early on. So I thought, oh good, this is spoon-feeding me basic information. Thanks for that. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but but when the incident happened, I was like, okay, a bit of excitement. But then soon after that, I just found that the tension just diffused for me, and I just found myself just a little bit bored. And I and I'm not quite sure what it needed. Quite for me, I, I enjoyed any time Morven, Christian, and Peter, and Mullen were on camera together. It was great. And I thought you were absolutely right. Their exchanges were really, really tense, and that hit really hard, and that worked. But I just couldn't bring myself to be that interested in where the 18-digit account number was. It's just like in the grand scheme of, <laughs> of, of like plot devices and MacGuffin. It's like, oh God, we've got to find this account number. We need the account number. Who's got the account number? I don't have the account number. Do you have the account oh number? God. And it's just you... like, oh my God, I don't care about the account number. <laughs> the, the layering of this story was so expertly done. I, I'm... I am shocked to my very core. Boyd, how do we get rid of James? Because um, yeah, I mean, that is something we ask ourselves every week, pretty much. So um, it's difficult. I am surprised. Is it because, is it partly because as well, I'm, and this question will give too much away, that, you know, this guy who's died, that he's obviously... A bellend. Yeah. Do you think theory. it was that? I mean, certainly he's... Do not have enough of relation a relationship with him to care about the fact I, I, yeah. I definitely think his rampant bellendry meant that I gave no right. fucks that he died. Oh, okay. Ah, at that's all. Okay. That's, uh, that's definitely a part of it, certainly. Um, so I think they, I thought they quite cleverly showed him in, in the family setting... Of being a kind of good dad and being a good, you know, a good guy. When he wasn't looking at the camera going, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> God. God. So I, it worked wow. for me. So I did care about him and I cared about her finding all the revelations yeah. about him. I will say, like, that is that is a big, big bugbear of mine. And it's used much more in TV than it is in film. And it's the, it's the character plays scene perfectly normally with another character. Other character leaves and then there's a beat and then the character pulls this I'm a villain face to the camera and then we cut away and it really irritates me because it's it, it makes people feel so infantile. It's like it's like you know what we we're paying attention like we'll we'll pick this stuff up. You don't need to do that. Just stop it. It just so it is really it is a thing that call that... into question our <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just yeah. Uh, I mean, at this I, point, I should I be looking to camera and going, dun, dun, dun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, I am the villain. We no need. We know in this room. Oh, fair enough. See, there you go. So you I picked know. up on the subtle cues, boy. I think you're, getting, no, I think you're mixing up react, like reaction shots in dramas that are ambiguous. or Like, you know, the, the crime drama's uh, built on. But, the, but that's it. But the yeah. ambiguous look, I think, is fine. But it's the, it's the my entire face changes to some slightly nefarious, <laughs> no, furtive expression look that I can't be dealing with. No, because you're kind of alluding to the idea that... It, at any point this is overacted and I completely disagree it's not at all yeah, right, I yeah, think yeah. It, it's really subtly played I think you are wrong <laughs> and this yeah. is the day that we stop Absolutely. speaking all I'm telling you is Mrs. Sidhu would have made a fucking short work of this case wow <laughs> wow. wow anyway anyway <laughs> Payback which airs on ITV when Boydie it's on Wednesday on ITV1 at 9pm at 9pm dun 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> Finally this week, we have Everything Now, which comes to the Netflix on Friday? Thursday. On Thursday, of course it does. Uh, and this is a kind of a teen comedy drama that's created by Ripley Parker. It stars Sophie Wilde in the main role as... Mia, and she is 16 years old, not 17, which is what it says on Wikipedia. She is 16 years old, and she has spent the last seven months uh, in a hospital uh, suffering from anorexia. And she's moved now back into her house, and she's gone back to school, and so she's kind of reintegrating into her friendship circle, and that is where we meet her. Stephanie, tell us everything about this show now. 
So this is a kind of Netflix kind of young adult dramas. Me, I mean, obviously created by this ridiculous overachiever, Ripley Parker, who I'm going to, you know, give massive props to. Tandoe Newton's daughter. Do you know that? FYI. No, I did not know that. Yes. Oh God, she was always, she was, she was always going to be successful. Anyway, um, yeah. So um, Mia is, is is kind of launched back into her own life, which she's been absent from while she's been away in recovery. And she comes back and she finds that all of her other friends have have made kind of advances in their social life in kissing, having sex, getting drunk, doing all that kind of stuff. And she sort of sets up a bucket list of things that she wants to do um, to kind of catch up and reintegrate herself into her life with all these other six formers. I will just say from the outset, I, I thought Sophie Wilde is absolutely brilliant. I thought she plays this role very with very subtle, very in a very subtle way, but very powerfully. I am going to have to say I do find it really difficult with these young adults heartstopper not so much but with this one i think it feels a little bit to me like her friends they're all sort of there's no kind of nuanced characters they're all very this is this type of person this is this stereotypical teenager this is this stereotypical teenager and even though i understand that there are lots of those kinds of stereotypical teenagers in teenagers lives this felt slightly contrived i'm sorry is that harsh? No, it's interesting. I was slightly dreading this. Oh, to be yeah. honest, I, I I do find mainly because I find um, young people upsetting. Yeah, no, <laughs> because I find I find eating disorder um, right yes. distressing. It, it's, oh, it's, interesting. Yeah, I think it's particularly. I find it particularly um, affecting when it's when it's dr- like heavily dramatized or even because yeah. this this takes a. It's, it's, it has, there's a lighter touch than you might expect oh, yeah. in this one. Well, I was about yeah, go on. I was about to say. I agree with you. I think um, at the core is this uh, this girl who has been incredibly ill, ill enough to have be, had a stay in a hospital, and it it jarred. It yeah. jarred for me. I think, well, unfortunately, uh, uh, no. I, th- well, I was gonna, actually what I was going to go on to say was I was dreading it because uh, you know I find it challenging. You know, just to, just just to to re- watch drama built around that, you know, that issue. Yeah. That but th- that that in itself, it, by the way, really interests me because you famously are someone who can watch anything without yeah, flinching. Because we talked about, because yeah. I'm quite easily affected by things. Mm. I'm very sensitive yes. to stuff. And yes. you're like a slab of concrete yeah. with a yeah, lot of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah, this, is, this is this is an yeah, interesting Yeah, it, it is one of the things that affects me more, more than most things, yeah, I would say. But I actually think the way it deals with that um, with eating disorder uh, of the main character is 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 very good. I th- actually think, and and I was kind of um, I was impressed, but I thought the to, in quotes lightness of touch mm. with which it addressed that. And even though you know the whole story is her kind of coming back from um, being treated for it, Stephen Fry pops up in the first scene as the doctor. I thought all the stuff about everyone walking on eggshells around her and the way her family deals with it, like her mum and dad, the clumsiness and clunkiness. Her brother, of course, is much much more empathetic in this particular situation and it deals with it much better than her parents do, which I thought was interesting. Her mother is... But, so I thought the partic- the specific way it deals with this the main character's eating disorder I thought was very good and impressive and I and I and, and mm. I was like yeah this is this is you know even the way the sh- the food is filmed and all of that 
um, it really brought home kind of the psychology of what why eating disorder why people have eating eating disorders and what they really, what it really means and partly what it's about even though it's complicated so everyone's different but I, th- I thought the way it did that and dealt with it was interesting and then the pressure she comes under when she goes to the party just to drink and there's you know there's food and drink all around all of that stuff was very well done but where I agree with Steph is I think I think the central and she's brilliant you know the central character she is Sophie Wilde is Sophie Wilde is great. fantastic but what I do agree with you Steph is that I thought her friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. were one-dimensional stereotypes. And I, I thought her really mum was also upsetting. a bit of a one-dimensional yeah. stereotype. And, and her, her dad. Just, and her dad The dad is well. like, yeah, the, the kind of nice guy one, but he's also a clumsy, clunky... The archetypes the are rolled out. And yeah, the, yeah. The nan. And the nan have this oh, the nan, cake. yes. Just forgot about too the nan. much, it's isn't too it? Much. There's no nuance at all no, in yeah. that. And I think where, because you, you, as you mentioned, like, you know... It, you can't but think of sex education, particularly, yeah. which is a British-based, you know, um, thing about teenagers and their school and school, and it's about this. The, the, the characters feel like simplified versions of the characters we meet. We've met in sex education to some extent. Yes, and I agree. Um, and that's a real shame. So, I think. It, that main character is strong enough to carry this show, and 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 uh, what's happening to her is, is is fascinating enough and very well dramatized, particularly um, her eating disorder issue. But it's the rest of it that is disappointing. I do agree with uh, some I, stuff. Yeah. It's very, it's it is as you say, it's an incredibly difficult topic to portray in a drama and I don't know where else I can't recall where else I've seen it done and I've seen it done well I think they did it in Skins done. is what I, I Skins they did it in yeah, and they yeah, did sorry, it really well skins, I thought yeah, Skins do you remember yeah. right okay but this is nowhere near the the excellence no. of Skins that's what I would say I do I, it, the 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 ensemble cast are disappointing I think it, it, not, not well I think it's the writing of actors. the characters yeah it's the writing y- of the yeah. characters yeah yeah but um, so, yeah, but the, but Sophie Wilde is is excellent. I kind of I found it jarring. The reason I'm saying jarring is I know you you think that the the scenes with the food I actually found them uncomfortable in terms of like oh it was just oh she had you zoom in on this big bit of cake. I didn't think it was well done. I didn't find oh, really? that. Okay. Yeah, I thought it I thought it was a bit clumsy actually because oh, okay. it's just like oh yeah she comes back to her house there having this party and then they zoom in on this big bit of cake and then that's the thing. Oh yeah, no, I'm I wouldn't go say, upstairs. I know what you mean. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's necessarily subtle, but I think in many no. in, in in this case sometimes those scenes worked anyway. Like they brought they, okay. they brought the idea home without being particularly subtle. Yeah. I think personally, maybe an issue I have with with the young adult things is the overriding feeling of anxiety they give me just in terms of living in that world of these teenagers maybe yeah, makes it mean. not enjoy an, an unenjoyable mean, experience yeah. for an older person. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I know what you mean because even. It, like young people and their and, and, and teenagers, their lives, what they have to deal with in this day and age yeah, is inherently ang- distressing, just, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is distressing. But again, so, I go back to sex education. Sex education deals with that so well that yeah. I've, this feels it just it just can't live up to that. Yeah, sorry, James. Okay. No, no, I, I think you're actually right. I, I see. I thought I thought it dealt with the central subject matter quite delicately, which I I thought was reasonably well done. But again, the same thing. I was all I was all on board with this until they're all sitting in the cafeteria and the mean girl mm. comes over, and oh. she was such a dreadfully drawn character that I didn't believe for one nanosecond yeah. that that's basically when the show completely lost me. I was like, oh, okay, it's one of those where you've taken a lot of time to flesh out the central character and you've given much less thought. 
to any of the supporting cast. And that totally doesn't agree. work for me because if if you can have the best central character in the world, but if they're not in a believable world inherited by believable people, oh. you know, you can't work with yeah. that. Yeah. And so again, like I really like that central character of Mia, but I couldn't I couldn't get on board with any of her interactions, any of the characters yeah. she was talking with. I, even her friends just felt they're slightly better fleshed out, but not massively. And I just, yeah, I it, it lost me at that point, unfortunately. I so totally halfway agree. through this, I was just like, I checked out. It is not everything now. Um, mm. Nevertheless, it comes to Netflix on the Thursday. Yes. What is <laughs> our pick of the week? Mrs. Sidhu investigates. Payback. 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 But payback. Oh, for God's sake. I, can I say, uh, Steph, I'm very much looking forward to the spin-off podcast that we're going to do for Pilot Plus subscribers. And it's going to be called, because I'm a West Wing fan, Crime Boy, I don't know, and it's going to be Steph decides whether or not a show is in fact yeah, crime. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> Fantabulous. Uh, that is the end of another podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, please head also over. Also on. What else is there? What else? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, I've forgotten. See, I've... Here my poised. <laughs> Boyd is poised to read yeah. off the things. Go on, Boyd. What have we missed? Also out. What what things this week did you miss that Shut we didn't f- review? Shut the fuck up. No, we didn't get screeners, <laughs> annoyingly, of Lupin, the new season of Lupin, which I'm very much looking forward to, which is on Netflix. That's also true, on we Thursday. didn't. Cannot wait, but we didn't get screeners for that. Otherwise, I would have forced a review of that. The Beckham documentary series called Beckham is on Netflix. It's a big week for Netflix. It starts on Netflix, 4th of October. I guarantee me and Steph will be watching that and probably oh, not God, yeah. James um, Partygate is Channel 4's one-off docudrama about the Tories and parties during lockdown yep. with John Culshaw providing the voice of actual um, uh, Boris Johnson that's on Tuesday Tuesday Loki is back you may have heard of it yes on Friday Loki drops on Friday didn't we will get, be reviewing that on this week's Pilot Plus yeah, didn't get screeners of that either um, but we have now apparently that's very exciting that's on Friday or Creatures Great and Small one of my favourites on Channel 5 Cute Pets Yorkshire Dales, what more could you want? <laughs> That's back on Friday, on Thursday, sorry, on Channel 5. Godfather of Harlem, the aforementioned. Bumpy Johnson. Is back on Friday on Lionsgate Plus. Bargain, which was my, what I'm watching at the moment, that's on Paramount Plus, let me remind you, Thursday, that which is brilliant. Ghost, the final season, final there's a lot this week. The BBC final One. season of Ghost is Friday, the 6th of October, 8.30pm on BBC One. I'm exhausted, I think that's about it. Uh, okay. Steph has to go, just before we wrap I- up here. Sorry, school run. School, run. school run. Steph has to do the school run, presumably solving crimes en route. Uh, Steph, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a delight. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's been, been, been delightful coaster. to see your lovely faces. Oh, bless It has you. been a roller coaster. Mm. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, Steph. Bye. Well, that was the end of the podcast, Boydie. Yeah. We're done. Uh, if you enjoyed this particular episode, do head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating or a five-crime rating or a five-deep-fried codball rating, whatever you prefer. And obviously, do follow us at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, at Steph Seelan on the social medias. Yeah. Um, and next week, you will be excited to hear we will be reviewing a lot of great shows. Frasier comes to Paramount+. Plus. Goosebumps comes to Disney+. Plus. Shining Vale returns, whether you care about that or not, may vary. Uh, Court comes to ITV. Cobra returns for a third season on Skype. And The Fall of the House of Usher comes to Netflix. And a long-awaited show may be turning up on the BBC. But I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Which one? Oh, yeah, you are allowed to say. Interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire lands on BBC. So we will finally be reviewing that (gasps) on this podcast. Isn't it exciting? (sighs) Good times. Until then. Oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I should mention, we've got Philip Barantini's going to be on the podcast as well, isn't he? Talking about Boiling Point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good news. Anyway, anyway, we're off. We're done. We're finished. (laughs) Goodbye. Pilot's out.